0: I got my wild cherry dyed Pepsi. And uh, I got my blackjack gum here.
1: And I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling. that something rank is going down out there.
2: I'm funny how? I mean funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What
3: the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me, tell me what's fun. funny. me,
4: sir, God damn it. Brothers don't shake hands, brothers gotta hug.
1: The coast. We'll get together, have a few
5: laughs.
0: As far back as I can remember, I always wanted
6: to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked?
2: says oh my god i'm your huckleberry my advice to you is to start drinking heavily put that coffee down well this calls for the old billy Barou. that's a huge bitch
3: the royal penis is clean your highness
7: hey where are the white women at
1: Hey, motherfucker.
0: It's over, Johnny. It's over! one of those songs you can just like yell motherfucker to. Mm-hmm. See, just look. Motherfucker motherfucker, 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 motherfucker. Motherfucker, 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 motherfucker.
8: You like that? Motherfucker indeed. Oh, right. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry about that. I mean, you can say motherfucker to anything. You just kind of have to adapt your tone a little bit. You know, you can do some like swing. You know, motherfucker. There you go. See? See so look smart getting
0: all into it I like that, I like that What's going on everybody Yes this is Hollywood Hangout I promise, I know you're like Wait, Smart's here That's right, Smart's joining me tonight We're gonna do a kick ass show We've got scene stealers from movies and television Smart. and television uh-
8: <laughs> Wait but this is what now? I have I have <laughs> Smackdown notes
0: You could wink me yet again Oh, trust me. There's no reason to watch the fucking draft. No one gives a fuck
8: anyway. No one gives a fuck indeed. However, you did hoodwink me a little bit because I was unaware that television was also in play for tonight's theme, which not necessarily, you didn't necessarily deceive me. I just didn't ask questions, which is my fault primarily.
0: Yeah. You you know, Mark, there are no stupid questions. Um, That's that's what I was told in school as I was being told I'm asking a stupid question. Mm -hmm. Uh, But um, no big deal, man. No big deal. Yeah, like I said, you got some fucking good ones. I think I have some good ones. I had a sneaking NYPD blue one in there. It's kind of like 100%. my, kind of like my gimmick. You know, it's what I did. I snuck
8: one in, but I'll make it my last one. Um So I, go ahead. Speaking of gimmicks, it's funny because I was actually debating a little bit of sneaking a scene from one of my favorite movies, man on the moon in there. Mm. But the scene was literally just like him and Jerry Lawler going back and forth. And I was like, this is too much like wrestling. Oh, I'm going to avoid this. This is, this is too much of my own wheelhouse. Nah,
0: wouldn't have been bad. That's a great movie. It is That's a great movie. movie. That is a great movie. I, I do like that movie. It's, it's uh very well made and uh, just a good one, man. Just a damn good one. So, you know, I, Don't usually do plugs at the beginning of this show because they're mostly wrestling plugs. But, Mark, why don't you uh, give
8: the – your plugs. You know what I mean. Sure. Well, I'll go ahead and do my plugs Mondays, 8.30 p.m. on the Metal Man Podcast Network on the Mixler Machine. It is Cheese and Sports with Cheese Man, G-Wiz, Luke Birch, and me. How about that? So that's where you want to go for all your sports news information needs. We're covering the NFL. We're covering the UFC. We're getting it done, and we're having a good time. We're showing up with bells on. That's what we're doing. Sundays, 10.30 a.m. On the Metal Mid Podcast Network. Also, a mixing machine is a load Machine guns with mojo and with dirt. And last but never least, be sure to check out our friends at Planet Rack on Tour. It's the Planet Rack on Tour podcast. It's with Bobby Anthem, Papa Dave Sincere, and Yuck Nasty. All 16 episodes of Season 1 are available, and Season 2 is ongoing, so be sure to subscribe.
0: There you go. We'll just round out the whole Metal Mitt Network. Don't forget the high marks Sundays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Yeah, there you go. Mojo, Cheese Man, Gee Whiz, you know you should be listening, so you will be.
8: That's right. They were talking about some headlines. Sunday. And the story that they ended the show with, which was real curtain closer, a gentleman got a USB cord stuck in his urethra. Ow. 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 Yes, it sounds every bit as painful as you might think.
0: Ah. Uh, oh, I'm glad I got beer for tonight.
8: <laughs>
0: mm, I mean, I'm going to hurt like a son of a bitch, but it's
8: all right. Hey, i do what you got to do. It's a Friday. You yeah. got to live life to the fullest. Oh, well, if I have an ulcer, I might not be living long. I keep drinking like this. But. <laughs> eh, we're all, sl- all going to die anyway. It's a pandemic. So well, you just get to choose your own adventure as to how you get there. Well,
0: they tell me I've got an ulcer. That's when I'll stop drinking. There you go. You don't want to self diagnose work. You know, you do a too much WebMD. I've got a few of the symptoms. But I also have symptoms of like just regular, just sour stomach. So I'm like, (laughs) this is why I don't try to self-diagnose. The only thing I self-diagnosed was my cluster headaches. And I was correct um, about that. But that's the only thing I've really ever been right about in my life. So don't worry about that. Anywho, once again, we're doing scene stealers. I don't know. It was a year before we even did one of these shows. But we did this once before. I thought Smark was on that episode. I don't know why, but I did. I thought he was there. It was me and Anthony. Basically, we just took clips from movies and television and played what we thought was either a great speech or just someone walked in and stole the scene. So we got some cool ones. Unfortunately, uh, I don't get to be surprised by Smarks because I have to play them. Smark gets to be surprised by mine, though, so that's, I guess, a little bit of a good thing.
8: Yes. Yes, It's like Christmas morning all over again. Uh, oh, wow. You think- Although if, if I knew you were going to make the mistake of uh, confusing me for Anthony, I would have sent you a clip of Fat Beach just to continue to make you suffer. Like, hey, you know what A movie I really like is? Check out this Fat Beach. Oh, you thought it was over? It's never over. You're going to have to watch Fat Beach again. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. You should just put the quote, at least there was titties. Okay.
8: <laughs> 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 That does make any movie better. That's an automatic at least one star in my rating system.
0: You know, it should make any movie better, but uh, Fat Beach just was not a good movie. It just wasn't, man. I just, I, it wasn't horrible. I mean, trust me, I've seen worse, but it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. He's fun been seven. Yeah, it was fun to watch. So, and there were some titties, which you know, I'm 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 always down to see titties always that's right always so but on the last show that we did of the scene stealers um was actually about a year and a half ago we did it and uh basically like i said we play some clips we'll talk about them talk about maybe you know obviously we're going to set them up a little bit uh who wants to go first mark you want to go you want me to play one of yours first who wants to go first
8: i can go first Uh, okay uh, right, and if we're going to go based on the order that I sent you, yep, this is actually interesting. I decided to start with this one first because this movie was actually brought up on the original episode that we had done.
0: Mm-hmm.
8: But it's a little bit of a different scene. This is uh, Clerks, but I, Anthony did this as well, but he decided to go a little bit more nuanced. I decided to go with the dick joke because that's just always easy for laughs. So that's a little bit of a foreshadowing. That's really all you need to know. If you've seen the movie, you know it's a bit of a classic scene, but there's a, a little bit of a tiff between Dante and his girlfriend that ends up happening in this scene.
0: (laughs) Yeah. A little bit. A little bit of a tiff. And this is a great fucking scene. And a great goddamn movie. I mean, it really is. Let me go ahead and get the volume going on the mixer. And I'm gonna go ahead and hit it. Let's do it. There we go. Clerks. Number one clip. Here we go.
2: Oh, hey, Ronnie. How you been, man? What, do you work here now?
3: No, I was uh, visiting my man. Uh, Dante, this is Willem Black. Uh, this is Dante Hicks, my boyfriend. Hey,
2: how you doing? just decided? No, and I, I, a pack of cigarettes. So where you been, man? Are you still going to Seton Hall?
3: No, I, I transferred into Monmouth this year. I was tired of missing him.
4: That's beautiful, man. So you still talk to Sylvan?
3: I just talked to her on Monday. We still hang out on weekends.
4: Oh, that's great.
3: <laughs> well,
2: you two lovebirds take it easy, okay?
3: Bye, take it easy. That was Snowball. What do you call oh. that? Sylvan made it up. It's a blowjob thing. What do you mean? After he gets a blowjob, he likes to have it spit back into his mouth while kissing. It's called snowballing.
4: He requests this?
3: He gets off on it.
4: Sylvan can be talked into anything.
3: Why do you say that?
4: Well, like you said, she snowballed him.
3: Sylvan? No, I I snowballed
1: him. (laughs) Yeah, right.
4: I'm
3: serious.
1: You sucked that guy's dick?
3: (laughs) Yeah, how do you think I knew that he... Wait, but
4: you said you only had sex with three different guys. You never mentioned him.
3: Because I never had sex with him. You sucked his dick! We went out a few times. We never had sex, but we fooled around.
4: Oh, my God. Why did you tell me you only had sex with three different guys?
3: Because I did only have sex with three different guys. That doesn't mean I didn't just go with people. Oh, my
4: God. I feel so nauseous. Sorry, Dante. I
3: thought you understood. I did
4: understand. I understood that you had sex with three different guys, and
2: that's
1: all you said. Please
3: calm down. <laughs> How many? Dante. How many, How many dicks have you sucked? How many? shut up Second and I'll tell you! Jesus! I didn't freak out like this when you told me how many girls you fucked!
4: This is different. This is important. How many? This is different.
0: Not really. Of course, a customer. Not at all? Fucking customers. Well?
8: Uh, something like 36? What? Something like 36? Who your voice. Wait, What is that anyway, something like 36? Does that include me? Seven. I'm
2: 37?
3: i going to
2: class. Oh, my God. 37. My girlfriend sucked 37 dicks. In a row? <laughs> hey, where you going?
3: Hey, listen, jerk. Until today, you never even knew how many guys I sucked with because you never even bothered to ask. Then you act all nonchalant about fucking 12 different girls. Well, I never had sex with 12 different guys.
4: No, but you sucked enough dick.
3: Yeah, I went down on a few guys. A few? And one of those guys was you. The last one, I might add, which if you're too stupid to comprehend, means that I've been faithful to you since we met. All the other guys I went with before I met you. So if you want to have a complex about it, go ahead. But don't look at me like I'm the town whore because you were plenty busy yourself before you met me.
2: Well, well, why did you have to suck their dick? I mean, why couldn't you sleep with them like any other decent person?
3: Because going down isn't a big deal. I used to like a guy we'd make out, and sooner or later I'd go down on him. But I only had sex with the guys I loved.
4: I feel sick.
3: I love you. Don't feel sick. Every
4: time I kiss you, I'm going to taste 36 other guys.
3: I'm going to school. Maybe later you'll be a bit more rational. I'm 37. I just can't Goodbye, Dante.
2: Hey, try not to suck any dick on the way through the parking lot. <laughs> hey, hey, you get back here.
0: Okay. <laughs> There's so much brilliance in that scene. There really is, Mark. I know you know, but go ahead,
8: man. I, my, like my absolute favorite line that I was seeing, I was just watching it last night. Was just nah, no, nah, it's, it's not This is important. I was like, yeah, no, the other thing is too. Like it's, yeah. When it's about you, it's not important. When it's about how many people she hooked up with, oh, it's a big deal.
0: No, the best line is, in a row? <laughs> yes. Ow, ow, ow. Fucking ant
1: is biting me again.
8: God damn it. There okay. you go. It's a pest extermination on
0: the show. Here. I try to slap it. Oh, now my fucking foot burns. Oh, I bet. Was it one of those fire ants? Yeah, somehow they're getting in the... It rained today, so the Fucking all over the goddamn house. Nothing we can do about it when it rains.
1: Yee.
8: I know. I know. There you go. Well. But yeah, yeah, that was, was, I really enjoyed that one. And like you said, the whole 37, It just sort of automatically built in. Anytime somebody says 37, you could just go in a row. Yeah. And those that get it, get it. And then those that don't, give you a funny look. And you know that you don't need to communicate with them any (laughs) further. Yeah, man. Great
0: movie. Great scene. And you know the, I'm going to play another movie with, a lot of dialogue in it, but that's one movie that just—I mean, so much great dialogue, so many great lines to quote from that fucking movie. I don't know how you pick just one, um, but
8: I did have a little bit of a hard time there. But that one made me laugh, so that one won it, won me over. Yeah,
0: just an excellent, excellent movie, excellent scene. If you by any chance haven't ever seen Clerks, what the hell are you doing in this world?
8: Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I watched it for the first time when I was like 15 or 16, and I actually didn't like it, because I was like, "Ah, nothing's happening. This is just fucking boring. But then I got a little bit older, and I worked a couple of retail and food jobs, and after I dealt with the public, I had a newfound appreciation for everything that movie was about and what it represented, and all of the dialogue throughout it, especially just the fucking customers. Yeah, and you know, Kevin Smith is kind of a... I mean, he...
0: hate to say he's got a cult following, but he's got a cult following, as does Quentin Tarantino. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just so he's so great. Just like I said, all the lines he does, the dialogues, all the movies. But, you know, it it is. It's kind of a cult. And either, you know, the movies or you don't. (laughs)
9: Mm -hmm.
0: And they're pretty awesome. They are. But I don't know, man. I mean, you got this one. uh, What are they up to? Clerks?
8: Five? Uh, the Shooting Clerks 3 at the moment, I believe.
0: Really? Okay. Three.
8: Just just three. All right.
0: Oh, that's – yeah, you're right. It was all like uh Jay and Bob's uh, silent adventure or something like that. Uh, <laughs> Jay and silent adventure. Strikes back or something like that, I forget. Yeah,
8: well, you got them all right. It's just the order was a little bit off. Jay and Silent Bob strike back. It was like – a play off of the uh, Star Wars.
0: Yeah, you know, literally, if I just looked up at the next to
8: play, uh, it would have said "J and Sal and Bob Strike Back." So right, <laughs> and then plus they made a sequel off of that. So right. the, you know, the whole universe has a bunch of different ones. I think they're doing another Mallrats too at some point. So they just a lot of sequels based on the same movies.
0: That's another one that's just quotable as a motherfucker. Indeed. Mallrats is great. It's not a schooner. Sailboat. <laughs> Sailboat is a schooner. <laughs> Shut up. I think I think we I think me and Anthony did that one. I think we did that one. I'm pretty sure we did. I, I'm okay. I'm I'm guessing we did. I'm guessing we did, but
8: I'll take a look while you continue on. Alright.
0: I guess that means it's my my turn. Sure. Alright. That means I'm gonna go ahead and pull mine up here. Now. Like I said, I'll save my NYPD blue for last. One thing I did play on the last episode was a scene from a movie called Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Now, I played the Alec Baldwin scene, which is one of the greatest scenes in the movie. But there's also a scene near the end of the movie that's that I actually mentioned on that show. I had a hard time picking it. Now I can play it. It was Al Pacino. Um, this movie had, I mean, this was a... St- Star-studded cast: Al Pacino, Jack Lemmon, Alec Baldwin, Alan Arkin, Ed Harris, Kevin Spacey, uh, and and the list keeps going and going and going. It was a really big movie, based on sales, real estate sales. Kind of took you in the back in the back room of what it's like to be a real estate salesman. But in the middle of the movie, they, the 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 company gets robbed, and they think it's an inside job. It is, but. You don't find that out to the end of the movie, but at one point, Al Pacino is, who plays Ricky Roma. uh, Pacino is trying to save a sale that he made the night before. A guy came in. He met met a guy at a bar. He got him on a sale, and the next thing you know, the guy comes in and he's trying to get out of the sale. Kevin Spacey tells the guy, "Don't worry." Your deal went down, you know, down to the bank. That wasn't what he wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. Al Pacino had just told him, no, your deal, it, it takes three days. It takes three days to go to the bank. Well, he just lost six grand, and this is where it starts. So
8: um, did you look that up smart before I go? I did, yes. It's uh, you did end up doing one. It was November twenty fifth, two thousand eighteen. What's wow. the date? And I actually might need to want to check this out because it, apparently it was you, Bobby, and Anthony. Mm-hmm. So there's a nice little cameo by one Bobby
0: Anthony. Absolutely, yes, that's right. I do remember that episode now. I do, I do. All right. So again, I think I set that up about the best I could. Uh, Pacino and Kevin Spacey is who he's talking to. His boss, you'll hear him call him uh, Williamson. Uh, this is classic Pacino, and this is not the first Pacino scene you're going to hear tonight. So, Pacino yourself, ready? Here we go.
2: And cunt, <laughs> you Williamson. I'm talking to you. Shit, you just cost me six thousand dollars. Six thousand dollars. And one Cadillac. And a Cadillac. That's right. What are you going to do about it, asshole? <laughs> you fucking shit. Where did you learn your trade, you stupid fucking cunt? You idiot. Who ever told you that you could work with men? Could I, uh... Oh, I'm going to have your job, shithead. I'm going downtown. I'm going to talk to Mitch and Murray. I'm going to Lemkin. I don't care whose nephew you are, who you know, whose dick you're sucking on, you're going out. I swear to you,
6: you're going... Let's get this done.
2: Anyone in this office lives on his wits. I'm going to be with you in a second.
0: It's the cop asking him to, let's go, let's talk.
2: What you're hired for is to help us. Does that seem clear to you? To help us not to fuck us up to help men who are going out there to try to earn a living you fairy you company man i'll tell you something else i hope you rip the joint off i can tell our friend here a little something might help him to catch you
0: that's why i brought up the robbery
2: you want to learn the first rule you'd know if you ever spent a day in your life you never open your mouth till you know what the shot is. You fucking child.
0: There you go. Wow. What'd you think of that, Smark?
8: That's good stuff. I remember back in the day when you know like you remember back I don't know if you remember or not but back in the day there was a while there were like soundboards were a big thing
5: mm-hmm. people
8: would use soundboards to like prank call people and they'd hit buttons and mm-hmm. you know how soundboards work certain clo- quotes and what not audio drops would play and they would all use it for a lot of prank calls I remember a lot of them they used the part of Al Pacino in that movie and that scene that you just played so call him the guy yeah
0: you fair you that a lot love I, 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 number one that's one of my favorite movie that's just an excellent movie to watch uh but that scene that's one of the end scenes right there and oh my god because Pacino was a very calm guy throughout the whole movie he had a couple little flare-ups but this one just an epic fucking flare-up you fairy you you cunt you company man you fucking child and then, of course, you know what he meant by you don't open your mouth until <laughs> you n- know what the shot is, right?
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, pretty obvious what he meant. You never open your mouth until you know exactly what the salesman is saying. Be vague until you know. Always be vague. Trust me. You learn that quick in any sales job you're in. I don't care what the a commodity is. You learn it fast. I bet. Oh, yeah. You uh, trust me. You you, you never want to leave money on the table, and you just be very vague. Yeah, that's why you never give pricing to anybody without knowing what your prices are. So, but yeah, that and, and again, if you've never seen Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, go out and see it. Don't think it's on any streaming services, but it you know, let's is. Take
8: a look. I don't. Well, you
0: know what? I'm. Well, right now I'm looking at um, movie clips on uh, YouTube but I don't think it's on any streaming services right now. Prime
8: might have, have this it. real problem where like I have Hulu, I have Netflix, mm-hmm. Amazon Prime, HBO Max, mm-hmm. and somehow still it seems like anytime I want to watch a movie, it's on some other fucking shit. Like <laughs> if I specifically want to watch a movie and not just like, you know, like I have a specific title in mind and not just, hey, I want to watch a movie. I'll find something. Um, Showtime. Okay. If you have Showtime, awesome. So you subscribe with Showtime through Amazon and you'd be able to get access to it. But uh, so it kind of isn't really on any sort of streaming service unless you have the Showtime plan. But well,
0: it's a great movie if you want to. They usually do a seven day trial.
8: Yeah, it says start your seven day free trial.
0: Yep, there you go. If you really want to check it out, I would, like I said, it's very. Very dialogue-heavy movie. I mean, it's a talky-talky movie. There's not much... It's not an action movie. It's literally just a sales movie. The only action in it is a robbery, which we never see. But it's just... I love the movie. It's a great movie. You gotta be in the mood to watch it, though. So... But, uh... There you go. That's, uh... Clip number one. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Pacino. Yeah! Very. There you go. Love that shit. Fucking love Pacino. So...
8: All right, Smarky Man. Yes, uh, now to point out, as you mentioned before, I was unaware of your clips or the order of your clips. Mm-hmm. So we're going to end up with a little bit of a double dose of Al Pacino on this one, but hey, <laughs> there's far worse things in the <laughs> that you can have. So this one is, it's interesting because it depends on where you go. I've actually seen this on Wikipedia described as a horror, a supernatural horror of a sort. Mm-hmm. But then on IMDb, it's described as a thriller. So, and whatever, splitting hairs, I guess, semantics. Anyways, the devil's advocate. Yes. Keanu Reeves is a lawyer. He takes a job at a promising and uh, like this major New York law firm. Turns out that his boss is not quite what he, th- what it seems because it's Al Pacino. So that's a bit of a surprise that his boss is Al Pacino. You're you're a lawyer. <laughs> he seems like a kind of you know HR disaster waiting to happen. But not only is he Al Pacino, but he is also the devil. So yeah, this <laughs> kind of works well with the theme of this month. So that that's that's always good. But uh, here's a speech from that. This is after it is revealed that he is the de- the devil. Keanu Reeves shoots him a bunch of times, and he just go ahead and no sells it. Allah like Bill Goldberg. Oh.
0: I'm going to I another dude like I said this is another great one another I mean talk this is really classic Pacino this is where he was really
8: getting gravelly in his voice yeah there's actual nuance he wasn't just shouting at people for like an hour and a half which I mean it's kind of where he's at now but god bless him he's earned that right
0: yeah there's I mean this this scene is not only great but even got a couple funny lines in it so here we go let's uh let's do this
2: Let me give you a little inside information about God. God likes to watch. He gives man instincts. He gives you this extraordinary gift, and then what does he do? I swear, for his own amusement, his own private cosmic gag reel. He sets the rules in opposition. It's the goof of all time. Look, but don't touch. Touch, but don't taste. (laughs) Taste, don't swallow. (laughs) And while you're jumping from one foot to the next, what is he doing? He's laughing his sick fucking ass off. He's a tight ass, he's a sadist. He's an absentee landlord. Worship that never.
4: Better to reign in hell than serve in heaven, is that it? Why not?
2: I'm here on the ground with my nose in it since the whole thing began. I've nurtured every sensation man has been inspired to have. I cared about what he wanted and I never judged him. Why? Because I never rejected him in spite of all his imperfections. I'm a fan of man! Maybe the last humanist. Who? In their right mind, Kevin, could possibly deny the 20th century was entirely mine? All of it, Kevin! All of it! Mine! I'm peeking, Kevin. It's my time
9: now.
0: Kind of (laughs) poignant. Kind of poignant, if you know what I mean. Mark.
3: kind of... Uh... I'm having these mental blocks oh. in the gym recently.
8: Sorry about that. Forgot to hit pause. At well, least things happen. You know, I didn't even really necessarily realize just how much shit Keanu Reeves is in until, like, I start watching movies. And I'm like, oh, he's in that one. Mm-hmm. I was watching uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula the other day. Mm-hmm. I was unaware that he was in that one. I'd never bother, like, checking cast lists before I watch a movie, so I was surprised to see him there. Yep. Like, he just, he's done so much stuff. It's some that's varied stuff, too.
0: Yeah, I watched uh, Point Break a few weeks ago with him in it, uh, another mm-hmm. great one. But, yeah, but that scene right there, I mean, probably one of the best scenes of the movie. And, I mean, Pacino, once again, just classic Pacino. Look, but don't touch. Touch, don't taste. And then that laugh. Oh. I mean, just, I mean, first of all, you've got two, you know, what, what kind of Reeves might have been made fun of in his younger years, but really became a well-respected actor and just an all-around good dude from every story you hear about him. But, I mean, you got those two big actors in there, and it's just, I mean, both of them, and I forgot about um, Keanu Reeves' little Louisiana accent in that scene, that he had a Louisiana accent throughout this movie.
5: (laughs) Cajun Keanu.
0: Trust me, it's better than Cajun (laughs) fucking Steven Seagal.
8: Oh my god! That, that I will absolutely positively join you if you ever decide to do an episode about that. He, he he's he's taken on so many identities. He's been Chinese. He's been Cajun. He's black now. I don't know how that's happened, <laughs> but if you listen to him talk, he apparently believes that he is black now. So that is interesting. Really? Oh, I got to hear this. Mm, I wish I could give you like a specific clip, but nah. it's just sort of modern day Seagull.
0: Nah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it at all, man. Oh,
8: he he, he did that Bounty Hunter show, actually. No, he was that a, would be a good clip.
0: Oh no, no, no. He was a cop. Okay, it was called Lawman with Steven Seagal, and he was an actual cop in the show. What happened was they started looking through his records and realized, hey, we can't actually find any academy that actually is willing to say that he went to this academy, and passed and that they could never find his actual paperwork. So the proof that he actually went through police academy is non-existent.
5: That doesn't surprise
7: me.
0: Yet he was arresting people. I'm wondering if some of those people got out on technicalities. You know how the law is. There were other officers there when he was arrested, but technicality, man. I was not arrested by a police officer. Indeed, and it's on
8: film. <laughs> How's that? Plus, I haven't seen any of his newer movies, or I haven't really seen that many of his movies at all. But I've heard people talk about it, and basically, he kind of has the whole like modern day Hawk Hogan thing going, where like people just run into his punches, and like he just kind of puts his arm out. Yeah. he's gotten to the point where he's like old and like out of shape.
0: I still love him. I still love the movies. I still love him. Um, if you I there, there's a a There's probably three or four of them on Hulu right now. is one called General Commander. I'm about halfway through it. I haven't had the urge to turn on the other half yet. Uh, (laughs) But I have so many other movies, and they add so many movies. I was watching Vampires last night. Speaking of Dracula's, I was watching uh, John Carpenter's Vampires with James Woods
7: and
0: Daniel Baldwin and uh, who else is in that movie? A bunch of people.
8: Great movie. I'm pretty excited because they, they rolled out, obviously, the first of the month. They rolled out their October slash Halloween lineup, and they have the Rocky Horror Picture Show on there. So I, will, I have the DVD, but it's kind of scratched up, so I will be using Hulu to get my fix this year. I have the uh, anniversary DVD. I believe
0: 25-year anniversary. There you go. I believe I have that. I do. Plus, I mean, that's another show me and Anthony did. We compared the... I indeed oh,
8: was on that man. one because that was at the same time that they were rolling yes. out
0: that shitty remake on Fox. Yes, and I'll I will say again, no man should have a pair of tits that nice, but I'll stop right there. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a, it, it wasn't a bad one. It really wasn't. It really wasn't that bad. It was just not the time to do it. Wasn't the time to do it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I just what a great scene, man. I was uh. I, trust me, two Pacino scenes in a row, no issues. None. None at all. So, all right. You got anything else on that one, man, or uh, my turn? I think that's about 10%. All right. Oh, your next one's great, too. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right. I'm actually going to do another one that I had done on the other show that we did that... Again, a repeat movie, not a uh, repeat scene. I almost repeated the scene. The movie is Boiler Room. Uh, Giovanni Rabisi, Vin Diesel, uh, Scott Kahn, Jamie Kennedy, Tom Everett Scott, Ben Affleck has a couple quick scenes in it. It, it. It's I've talked about it before. Basically, I mentioned it the other night when I said what my uncle did. They're basically taking people for their life savings. But if you've ever seen any movies... On these, you know, stock games and stuff like that. It's a crazy, crazy, crazy little thing to see these places. But this one here is right when they're about to get a sale. It's uh, Giovanni Ribisi. And then you're going to hear Vin Diesel talking. It, it's just, it's great. I love this scene. I love this movie. And here we Go, I've got volume and I'm about to hit play right now. Here we go.
10: I'm really busy, sir. No, look, I, no, I understand, I'm doctor. I mean,
5: you know, I'm really busy here myself. Look,
10: we're going to come back to you in one month with one idea and one idea only. You know, if you like what well, we have to say, great. You know, we'll, we'll do business. If not, I mean, worst case scenario, you're going to hear yourself a new business idea. You, whoever took get that extra, it, him, it is useless. We're, we're going to part as friends. That's fair, right? Of uh, what? Doc, are you working with a million dollars in the market right now? Who is this again? Hey, you know, tell me something. You're a doctor. Have you ever heard of a drug called Benadryl? It's being manufactured by MSC pharmaceuticals. No. Well, listen, listen, okay? Listen, it's in the third stage of FDA approval, all right? Word is it's going to be approved within the next three months. And it could be tomorrow for all I know. But, you know, I, I, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself, and you're real busy over there. So why don't I just send you out the information you requested about the firm? No, wait, wait wait, 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 wait. Forget the info. Forget the info. Let's talk about this
0: now. Okay, smart. I want to mention this one more time. That was the takeaway again. The takeaway. You see, he sold him, and he 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 sensed the guy biting. He goes, you know, I, I, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. Why don't I just send you the info? You can think about it. He's got the fish on the hook. Now he's not supposed to close his own because he's not. uh what do you call that he's not a series seven he's not legally allowed to close his accounts yet and here we go let's keep going. I just wanted to let you know once again that's the takeaway the sales move where you, you you know you got them so you pull it back a little bit and they stop you and you know you've got it I, the the hook's not in the mouth it's in the belly so here we go
10: Ow. what was the name of that drug again? <laughs> You hold on for one second. Uh, I'm gonna get uh, uh, a senior broker who's a little more familiar with that particular stock. All right, hold on a second. Okay, one second.
0: Here we go. All the salesmen start running, all, all running for the phone right now. Vin, Vin, Vin's got it.
9: Jacobs, this is Chris Marlin over at J.T. Marlin. Marlin, right? He's my father. He's my mother. So my associate tells me you're interested <laughs> in one of our stocks.
10: I, I will call her back. Uh, yes, uh, M.S.C. sounds like it might be interesting.
9: Might be, might be doesn't sell stock at the rate M.S.C. is going Got MSC's him on speaker here, Dr. by the way. Jacobs, we're talking very high volume here. Oh, well, I still have to run it by my vehicle that's great, Doc. If you want to miss yet another opportunity here and watch your colleagues get rich doing clinical trials, then don't buy a share and hang up the phone. Well, hold on a second now. I didn't say that. I just want to talk about it. So <laughs> Honestly, Doc, I don't have the time. This stock is blowing up right now. The whole firm's going nuts. Hold on. Let me open up the door to my office. Oh,
5: my God, oh my
0: God. <laughs> I'm going to come. <laughs>
9: See that, Doc? That's my trading floor. Scott Cullen. I have a million calls to make to a million other doctors who are already in the know. I can't walk.
0: The takeaway again. Double.
9: Okay, okay, let's do In the belly. Now, since you're a new account, I cannot go any higher than 2,000 shares. I'm sorry.
6: 2,000?
9: Are you nuts? That is way beyond what I was thinking.
6: 2,000?
1: Jesus!
9: Listen, I'm curious. Why can't you sell me any more than that? <laughs> well, we like to establish a relationship with our clients on something small before we get to the more serious trades. Let me show you several percentage points on this small trade, and then we'll talk about doing future business. That sounds good. Uh, give me the 2,000 shares. Done. Yeah. You sure you can't do any better on this one? I'm sorry, Dr. Jacobs. I can't. I'm sorry. Oh, all right. We'll start with this trade then. Great. I promise we'll swing for the fences on the next one. Do you want that confirmation sent to your office or your mansion? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, Very funny, Mr. Marlin. Let me put my secretary on, and she'll take down your info. It was a pleasure doing business with you. Done and done.
0: There you go. I mean, that's a classic. First of all, the first thing you do, smart. You never let them talk to anyone else. You never let them off the phone. You either make the sale or you don't. I learned that when I was doing debt settlement sales. Anyone who said they're going to call you back didn't. Very rarely would they. Never let them talk to anyone else. Never let them run it by anybody. Get them then, get them now, or you're not going to get them at all. That's it. So... Maybe that's why these kind of movies have a little bit of a connection with me because I've done so many sales jobs. I'd be doing sales now except I'm under a non-compete. Right. So, but I don't really give a shit at this point. I'm ready to get the fuck out of there. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's just another, I mean, another great movie. And, you know, it's about stocks. And they find out that all those drugs they're selling are bullshit complete bullshit it's nothing it's air these stocks will never make Mm -hmm. money they're penny stocks that these guys are it's kind of like wolf of wall street shit you know they're they're bullshit penny stocks that they're gonna dump as soon as they you know they they're gonna pump up the you know the uh well what they're going for on the market and then once they start dropping they're all gonna get the fuck out while it's high and they know when it's gonna drop because they're the ones that are gonna drop it insider trading.
8: There you have it. This is the shit Martha Stewart went to jail for, dude. I remember that. That was always that was a good time. Well
0: look, she got a show with Snoop Dogg out of it, so indeed. I mean it wasn't all bad, right?
8: Yep. The insider the insider trader, and the potential murderer. <laughs> <laughs> two of America's heroes. They have a cooking <laughs> show. I sort you know that, right? It, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I don't know if I've seen it, but I've definitely heard about it. it. It's sort of funny how that works because, like, they both sort of get each other's just aura about them. Because, hmm. like, it like makes Martha Stewart seem more hip and tough and whatever, and <laughs> it makes Snoop Dogg more palatable and less scary to suburban white folk. So it, it just it works out better for it works out best for everybody. It's mutualism is what it is. Actually, I think Snoop Dogg
0: is very unintimidating to uh, su- uh, suburban white folks, to be honest.
8: Pretty much. I mean, it's hard to be scared of somebody when they're just like perpetually high. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to do much. Well, probably not.
0: I mean, there's got, I mean, I'm perpetually high pretty much.
8: It's actually moderately topical because they just the other day announced that they're uh, he's going to be a part of the Super Bowl halftime show. Really? Who yeah, else? it's gonna be Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. Based on memory, I might have got, I might have missed somebody, but I think that's it. Snoop and Dre back together? Oh. Yeah, they're palling around. They might be doing the Watch, too. You never know. Oh, I might have to watch that shit. Might yeah.
0: have might, might might have to watch a little Super Bowl. I used to. I just haven't in so long. But uh, yeah. There you go. So, uh, yeah, once again, Boiler Room, another excellent movie. Uh, and once again, it was one that I originally, on the original show, I played the clip of Ben Affleck, that little, uh, he kind of did an Alec Baldwin thing in there. He came in, took over the scene, bam. This one, I believe Vin Diesel was the guy who just kind of walked in, took over the scene. But, you know, he goes from that badass Vin Diesel to that smooth-talking, he plays a Jewish kid in here, smooth-talking mm-hmm. Jewish kid. Who just, you know, just a, I, I, I'm not saying the guy's got this great acting range, but I thought he stole the scene there.
8: There you go. So that brings up you, Smark. Yes, you mentioned Snoop Dogg. So what a better segue could you possibly have? One of Snoop Dogg's all-time favorite pastimes. Uh, This movie is half-baked. This was a movie that I watched, like, as a kid, which I probably shouldn't have. I was about probably about nine or 10 years old when I saw this for the first time. So I was within the perfect demographic of that. Oddly enough, when Chappelle's show first started, I knew him as, Oh, Hey, cool. The guy from half baked has his own show. Whereas (laughs) I feel like nowadays, retroactively people would be watching it because they love Chappelle's show. But um, it was actually written by Dave Chappelle and Neil Brennan, who were both the co-writers of Chappelle's show. So it's kind of got a little bit of that humor in there. Mm -hmm. It, didn't really do too well in the theaters, but I personally enjoyed it quite a bit. I think it's funny. I think it's a good movie. They 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 didn't necessarily like the way that it turned out because anytime you try to write a movie, there's all these kind of rewrites and studio suggestions and shit like that. So a lot of the best ideas tend to get trampled on. But that being said, this particular scene, <clears throat> their friend Kenny gets sent to jail for— he ends up feeding a police horse that's diabetic all these terrible foods, and the horse ends up dying. He gets sent to jail. Yep. they got to figure out a way to get him out of jail. They start selling weed. Well, they end up drawing the ire of a larger-scale competitor who decides to send them a message by murdering their dog, Scarface's dog in particular. They come home. They find him. They end up having a funeral for him. and this And so this is where... But they're trying to figure out, how it is that he met his untimely end, and there is a theory that is lobbied about, and that's what we're about to hear. Yes, and by
0: the way, uh, Kenny is played by Harlan Williams, who is an incredible comedian, incredible comedian. He goes on you, he goes on stage half the time with no, no material. He just talks mm-hmm. to the audience.
8: He had a podcast before a lot of people, before it became, like, fashionable. He, like, I remember hearing, like, none of his podcasts, like, Probably 2010, 2011. I don't know if he still does it. It's called the Harland Highway.
0: Wow. He's, a, he's an incredible comedian. And uh, the same can be said about Jim Brewer. Incredible comedian. If you've never seen heavy metal comedy, oh my God. Jim Brewer is such a talent at, you know, he can do impressions of Brian Johnson and all these 80s metal bands excellent and we're gonna hear from Jim Brewer right now so here we go I'm gonna go ahead and let it rip I was killing a little time there smart here we go
1: I think it's more complex than that (laughs) more complex than that you know what I think happened you want to hear what I think man first of all to understand what happened to killer you got to understand who killer the dog was now, Killer was born to a three-legged bitch of a mother. He was always ashamed of this, man. And then right after that, he's adopted by this man, Tito Leibowitz. He's a small-time gunrunner and uh, Rottweiler, fight promoter. So he puts Killer into training. They thing say, you know, Killer's good. He is damn good. But then, he had to fight his life and pit him against his brother Nimbles. And killer said, no man, it's my brother. I can't fight nibbles. And he made him fight anyway. And the killer, he killed nibbles. The killer said, that's it. He called up all his fights. <laughs> and then he started doing cracking. He freaked out. And then in a rage His heart no longer.
9: You know, uh, I never thought I'd say this to anybody, but you two smoke
10: entirely
9: too much reefer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a great theory, man. You know, it could have happened. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love the part with the dog holding the phone and and, and and lighting the crack pipe without a posable thumb. That's awesome.
8: Well, yeah, he's a very talented dog.
0: Incredibly talented. I mean, very, very talented dog. But another fucking incredible movie, man. Such a good movie. It's so funny. And it's weird you say that, you know, they didn't like the way it turned out. I thought it turned out like a really good movie. I was with you, man. I thought it was funny. I thought it was good. I mean, look, we got fucking Tommy Chong is in the goddamn movie.
8: Mm -hmm. Stephen Wright, he plays the guy on the couch. He literally just sleeps on their couch for, like, the duration of the entire movie. He has about one line. Yeah, that's all he needs, man.
6: Stephen mm-hmm. writes
8: another incredible. If you like
0: dry humor, Stephen writes your man. That's it. Very dry humor. I mean, the, he doesn't even laugh at himself barely, but he's very creative. He's an observational uh, comedian, uh, Jerry Seinfeld ish.
8: Yeah, my absolute favorite one of his quotes is – well, not really a quote, but one of his one-liners is, if at first you don't succeed, do not try skydiving.
0: <laughs> I live on a uh, real-life uh, or a life-size map of the world. I live on E5. Mm-hmm. Uh, he You know what? Him and Mitch Hedberg kind of were one-liner geniuses. A little bit of the same. Oh, yeah,
2: that's how I found. it.
0: Yeah, a little bit of the same type of humor between him and Mitch Hedberg. Uh, I would say Stephen Wright's is just a little more... He remembers his act, usually. That's a good thing. Well,
8: yeah, there is that. It's a little bit more kind of highbrow, I guess.
0: Yeah, a little bit.
8: With Mitch Hedberg, it's a little bit more accessible to everybody.
0: Yeah, a lot of drug jokes, but uh, you're not going to get those. What was... There's a long Stephen Wright one I could play where he talks about being a Jewish cowboy and <laughs> Bucky Goldstein, but I'm not going to do it. It's hilarious. You need to listen to it. Trust me. Yeah, search out. Just go on YouTube. Type in Stephen Wright, uh, Bucky Goldstein. You'll thank me later. I promise you. There you go. You will thank me later for that one right there. It's just a very long joke, and I'm not pulling up any extra clips. But uh, half baked, man. Like I said, the you got some great. Uh, just incredible comedians in there for that
8: time. I mean, you
0: know, for the, uh, what was this? 90,
8: when was I it? want to say 99. Let me take a look, but I'm pretty sure it was 99. That sounds about right. There's
0: no year up here. 98. 98. Like, All right. For 98, these were, I mean, Har- like I said, Harlan Williams, Jim Brewer, uh, Dave Chappelle is in the movie. You have three very, at that time, and active comedians that were very big. Harlan Williams, you guys know he was the cop in Dumb and Dumber who pulled them over and drank the piss. Uh, if you ever saw uh, Down Periscope, he was in that movie. Uh, he was Radar, I believe, was his name in that movie. He's done a lot of stuff. And if, uh, my kids watch a movie called uh, the Robin uh, the Robinsons. It's a cartoon. Mm-hmm. I believe it's the Robinsons or something like that. And he plays the robot in there, the voice. But I mean, he's so he's just he's a very funny guy, Harlan Williams. And again, David Chappelle, who was fucking exploding at the time. And Jim Brewer, who's I mean, still doing comedy, still still hilarious, still funny as hell. Uh,
8: My guy, you know, speaking of comedians, and I I actually forgot to mention Snoop Dogg was actually in this movie. I wasn't I hadn't even remembered that part because they were doing different types of potheads. So you had one of them was uh, John Stewart, where it was just like, you know, have you seen this movie? Yeah, but have you seen it on weed? Like just everything that you could do was better on weed. Snoop Dogg, he was a scavenger smoker. So like anytime somebody had weed, he would just show up and like take it from them, essentially. Uh, Tracy Morgan was in this briefly as well. Uh, Bob Saget. One of the best lines, Dave <laughs> Chappelle going to rehab. And he's like, oh, and Bob Saget stands up and he just berates him for fucking, oh, you have an addiction? You're addicted to weed? Have you ever sucked dick for weed? I've sucked dick for crack two times. And one guy <laughs> just goes, i seen him. And it's I, like I the best him. part of that movie. And the, and, and the line after that, boo this man. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. I,
0: we're going to have, me and you are going to have to do Half Baked one night.
8: For sure,
0: I would uh, You're you're definitely join I'm telling you, you're joining me for half bait when we do that one. Definitely, we'll we'll we'll, we'll keep that in the lineup for the next uh, for the next few weeks here, because I I would Willie love Nelson to do that too.
8: one. Huh? Willie Nelson was also in it, of course. Because there was, I actually remember his part because he was talking about. I remember back in the day when a dime bag used to cost a dime. Do you know how much condoms cost back then? I don't know either. We never <laughs> used them. <laughs> He's probably right. <laughs> he was
0: a dirty country hippie, as they would That's call it. him. I like That's Willie. It. I like Willie Nelson. I always will. I don't care who. He... Everyone was like, "Oh, he's doing fucking concerts
8: for Joe Biden." Who cares? Money's money. I mean, Garth Brooks was doing it for two for a while there. Well, he just did like every inauguration, regardless of who got elected. I, whatever. I
0: don't. I, I, Garth Brooks is a hell of a talent, man. I don't care what you, yeah, he he's his songs are kind of ridiculous and corny and hokey, but that man's got a lot of money and made a very good career off of corny, hokey and bullshit songs.
8: So mm-hmm. I mean, you can say that about a lot of people. People are going to uh-huh. buy, it. God bless them. Oh, absolutely. I'm I was impressed because I saw a couple of like, music videos that he did where they were just like concert footage, like that old thing where they would just be music videos based on just concert compilations. Mm-hmm. And I will say for somebody who is essentially just a short, chubby man, he is awfully energetic. He Dude, the
0: crowd ate him up, dude. L- listen, and you're right. That was kind of a late, a mid to late 90s, early 2000 thing. I mean, if you think about Pearl Jam had one of those videos, the concert, I believe it was Even Flow. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could really go back and think of a lot of those old concert videos. Dude, back to the 80s with uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen dancing in the dark. Yep. But Courtney Cox dancing with him on stage. All
8: right, that's
0: so, it. So those, it, it was an easy way to do it. You tell everyone, hey, guess what? You guys are going to be in a music video, and they go, yeah. There you go, and everybody fucking rocks the shit out, so. I don't know, man, but yeah, that uh, I I I kind of miss music videos like that, dude.
8: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's quite a few of them, like you said. Uh, do they still make music videos? Yeah, actually, they do. Believe it or not, it's it's more popular than you would think. A lot of people still make music videos. Good. I was thinking of one that you just mentioned of the whole kind of theme of concerts, Paradise City by Guns N' Roses. There's uh-huh. a music video where they're just grooving out on stage. Here, that was the first one that came to my mind. Uh, yeah, but yeah, they they still a lot of people still make music videos. There, there, there are a lot of people that also kind of take the easy way out because you can kind of get away with just putting it on YouTube now with the lyrics and like a little bit of a CGI animation or whatever in the background, Some, yeah. something fun to look at, like a visual. Visualization, like yep. how they used to have back in the day on like WinApp or Windows Media Player, uh, which is like changing colors and pretty little pictures and whatnot. Yeah, uh, Bon Jovi, "Living on a Prayer," mm-hmm. total concert
0: video. They actually had that was like a almost like a documentary video <coughs> of them. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, it, it it like I said, it's the easy way to do a music video if you don't want to, if you can't think of anything. So what are we going to do? Let's just do a concert, man Yeah, yeah, good idea All right, we're
8: done Let's go drink (laughs) See, I I don't know You might be able to answer this for me I I would have to imagine Bob Seger's had at least one of those He seems like the guy that would be all about One of those kind of music videos
0: I honestly do not remember A lot of Bob Seger videos (laughs) I'm, I'm trying to think back to videos i remember from the 80s and i i, I can think of a lot of the older 80s songs uh, i can think of billy joel pressure is one i remember um was in a concert video mm, dancing with myself with billy uh billy idol another mm-hmm. one I, I can remember as a kid but you know i remember i, I like i said i already na- named a few
8: but i don't know man hmm Roll me away apparently is one of those I'm seeing. He's just on stage, just having himself a time. That's actually not a bad idea for a, a show idea, or just like the best music videos. Hmm. Not not at all. You're right. That could be fun. I
0: didn't even think about that, but wow. It'd be so many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so many. But yeah yeah we could do that. Um. I guess we'll roll on a little bit here. Move on to my next one. If that's all right with you, Mr. Smark. Let's do it. Doing? All right. Uh mentioned Ben Affleck a little while ago. You're gonna hear Ben Affleck in this scene. You're gonna hear Matt Damon in this scene. And they are able to let their Boston accents fly. That's right. Goodwill hunting is uh, the movie I'm going to play now, the clip from the movie. This is the bar scene. Um, I believe probably everyone has seen this movie. It's an excellent, excellent movie. Robin Williams is in this movie. Uh, Just a really, really good movie. Matt Damon basically plays a genius who is a troubled kid. He's got a lot of shit going on. He meets a girl who you're going to hear her lovely accent in this movie coming up. But Ben Affleck goes into a bar. And, you know, he's trying to act smart for these girls. And this guy walks up to him. Uh, I forget the guy's name. Um, give me a second. I've got the, I've got it right here. I don't know what he was. Now, Casey Affleck, you're also going to hear in this movie at the end. Ben Affleck's brother. I'm trying to figure out who that guy is. And I, I could figure out his name in an easier way. Because he was in, and he was in NYPD Blue for half a season. Hold on. There you go. There you have it. Hatcher, NYPD Blue. That was his name. He was also in Oz. He played the brother of. um, ah, He was the retarded brother. If you remember that. (gasps) Yes. I can't say that word anymore. Well, that's what he Shame was. On
8: you, that's, you know what he was. That,
0: that's what he was. I,
8: I struggle with the nomenclature of what the proper acceptable term is nowadays. I haven't seen Oz though. That's one of those that I kind oh. of want to see, but I was just there's so many fucking TV shows that I want to get around to watching. And... Ah, there you go. Scott William Scott William Winters
0: is this guy's name. Been in a decent amount of stuff, um, but yeah, that's <laughs> him right there. Um, little well, hey, let's jump on his IMDb and see exactly what more you might know him from. Uh, People vs. Larry Flint. That's right. He was in that. Oz, his name was Cyril O'Reilly. That's right. He played uh, O'Reilly's brother in that, in that show. I was trying to think of that name. But uh, been in a lot of different TV shows. He was in NCIS for six episodes. Criminal Minds. I remember that episode he was in. Uh, one episode. Blue Bloods. I forgot he was in an episode of Blue Bloods. Few episodes of Law and Order SVU. I remember that. Oh, that's right. He was a, a detective in that show. So was his technically brother in uh, from Oz was a detective in SVU in the early series too. Hmm, interesting,
8: huh? There you go.
0: So there you go. That's who you're gonna hear. That's the guy's name. I didn't want to go past that without bringing that up. But anyway, Goodwill Hunting probably one of the best scenes of the movie and the last line is even better where the guy goes "Ah, my boy's wicked smart (laughs) I love these accents I I hear these accents I've got a ton of family from Boston so let's roll oh hello oh
9: hello hi
4: how are you fine how are you? Yeah. Ladies, uh. Come
9: often.
4: Do I come here? I come here a bit. I'm here, uh, you know, from time to time. <laughs> do you go to school here? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So I think I had a class with you.
9: Oh, yeah? What class? History. Maybe.
4: Yes. <laughs> I think that's what it was. You don't necessarily might not remember me you know i like it here it doesn't mean because i go here i'm a genius i am hey. very smart hey how's Hi. it going how are you smart do you want it? what what, uh, what class did you did you say that was history. history yeah just history it must have been a survey course then huh? yeah it was it was surveys right you should check it out it's a good course it's a good, big, good, good class course. how'd you like that course you know frankly i found the class you know rather, rather Elementary. Elementary. You know, I don't doubt that it was. Yeah. I, uh. I remember that class. It was, um. It was just between recess and lunch. Clark, why don't you go away? Why don't you relax? Why don't you go away? I'm just having fun with my new friend, that's all. we're gonna have a problem? No, 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 no. There's no problem here. I was just hoping you might give me some insight into the evolution of the market economy in the southern colonies my contention is that uh, prior to the revolutionary war the economic modalities especially in the southern colonies could most aptly be characterized as agrarian you, pre-capital. All right,
7: of course that's your on, You're a first-year grad student. You just got finished reading some Moxian historian, Pete Garrison probably. You're going to be convinced of that till next month when you get to James Lemon. Then you're going to be talking about how the economies of Virginia and Pennsylvania were entrepreneurial and capitalist way back in 1740. That's going to last until next year. You're going to be in here Bloody. regurgitating Gordon Wood, talking about, you know, the pre-revolutionary utopia and the capital-forming effects of military mobilization. Well, as a matter of fact, I won't, because Wood drastically
4: underestimates the impact of social distinctions. Wood
7: drastically underestimates the impact of social distinctions predicated upon wealth, especially inherited wealth. You got that from Vickers. Work in Essex County, page 98, right? Yeah, I read that too. Were you going to plagiarize the whole thing for us? Do you have any thoughts of, of your own on this matter? Or do you is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passage, and then pretend you, you pawn it off as your own as your own idea just to impress some girls, embarrass my friend. See, the sad thing about a guy like you is in 50 years, you're gonna start doing some thinking on your own and you're gonna come up with the fact that there are two certainties in life. One, don't do that. And two, you dropped 150 grand on a fucking education you could've got for a dollar 50 in late charges at the public library. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I will have a degree
4: and you'll be serving my kids fries at a drive-through on our way to a skiing trip.
7: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, but at least I won't be unoriginal. But I mean if you have a problem like that, I mean we could just step outside, we could figure it out.
4: Oh man, there's no problem. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Fucking damn right, it's cool. Why you like me not? <laughs> <laughs> My boy's wicked smart <coughs>
0: There you go. That's what have you seen Goodwill Hunting?
8: I have.
0: You have. Now just so everyone knows if you haven't, it is on Hulu right now uh playing. Matter of fact, it's probably going to get watched by me in the next few days actually because I need to. Um but yeah, it's a, a a great movie and Matt Damon just plays you know, it seems like he he really there's another guy who, you know, just a career didn't it really just started out great and just got better. I mean, he did all the all those Jason Bourne movies which those are fucking excellent.
8: Have you seen any of those? Um, no, I haven't seen any of the Born Identity movies.
0: Oh, those are good. I mean, action packed and the fight scenes are amazing in those movies. They really are good, but I just love the, the 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 again some of the things in this movie. I don't understand half of what they're talking about, to be honest with you. In this movie, but he just plays this genius guy, and he's just you know all troubled, gets into trouble, fights. Matter of fact, they're you know Ben Affleck's got a cut on his face, and Matt Damon's lip is split open from a fight they were in before, and you know they're about to get into another fight. But I got to tell you, that's Boston for you. Mm-hmm. Those are South. Boston, born and bred. They fucking drink. They fucking fight. They fucking fuck. That's what they fucking do in fucking Boston. That's it. And like I said, I love those accents. I grew up with those accents. But most of my family still has those accents. I, I have a lot of family in Boston, so the accent just kind of always stays.
8: Yeah, yeah, it does. I. Went to school with a couple of people that were from that area. Mm. And, like, I wanted to give them shit, but I had a much thicker accent than I currently do at this moment. So it's like, I can't really say anything.
0: Uh, those, and, you know, my parents have been been out of Boston for for years. I mean, since I was six years old, pretty much. But certain words, they still say, you know, my dad will go, oh, I came up shot. Like it, There's an R in that word. Mm -hmm. You can add it, it's okay now You live in Texas, you're allowed to Uh, My mom does the same thing My grandmother, who's been out of Boston even longer Just never lost the accent Like I said, when I do the old Jewish lady I'm basically just impersonating All right, let me close that one out Which brings up Oh sir It is you And you got one I've never seen this one, man
8: Funny enough, actually, I was kind of looking through from some different scenes I could potentially use for tonight. And I actually came across from that movie that we were just talking about goodwill Hunting, the uh, scene where Robin Williams is talking to him. And he's basically just like talking about how smart he is, but how he just doesn't have the kind of worldly experience. So he's like, you know, he's like, oh, you know, you might know what a vagina looks like. You might even get laid a couple of times. <laughs> like, it's like, OK, this is a great scene. I'm all about this one. Yeah, and
0: I'll I'll tell you, man. It, every time I see Robin Williams in a movie, I just miss the guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I I came in the other day, and my for some reason my kids were watching Hook. where, where, huh. where the fuck did you find Hook? I guess it's on Prime. And I'm like, it's a great movie. And I I I'm like, oh my god, I completely forgot Robin Williams was in this movie. I went and saw that in the theater when I was I forget when that came out, but. I was probably too old to go see it, but I went and saw it anyway because Robin Williams and I like Dustin Hoffman too. But, uh, just, you know, anytime I see a movie with him in it, I'm like, Oh man, I miss him. And, you know, we hear the stories about how good of a guy he was too. And some of the things he did, you know, behind the scenes. And it sucks that those stories take so long to come out after a person passes away. But, you know, at least they do come out whenever, but you know, funny how these all these amazing stories about Keanu Reeves comes out the guys you know just you know nothing's wrong but you know you see a guy like Robin Williams everyone talks about oh yeah he was on so much coke back in the you know the 60s and 70s you didn't even know what he was doing but you don't hear all the good he did in later in his life
8: Right. I mean, he talks about that in stand-up and stuff, too. True. Like, doing coke, drink, and that kind of thing. So it's not like he was necessarily keeping any of that secret. By the way, Hook 91. Ah. Yes. Yes, indeed. All right. What? What? You, well, you said you don't know what—you didn't remember what year Hook was. Ah, Hook. Was Hook was 91. I thought you said— Because you were saying you were potentially too old to have been in the theater watching it. Sixteen. Eh, that's not so bad. I watched the fucking sequel to the Lego movie in the theaters, and I was like 28, so it's it's whatever.
0: I probably just used it as an excuse to get the hell out of the house that, that when I was 16, so it's probably what I did. And you know what? 16, I had just moved to Florida, so someone might have just, you know what? I think I might have still been in North Carolina. I think that might have been the last movie I watched in North Carolina now that I'm thinking about it. There you go. I really think it might have been in North Carolina. I think I went with my friend uh my friend Joe and Alex in North Carolina. I think that's when it was. Maybe Cliff Cliff might have been there too. I don't know. I don't know, but I do remember. Um but like I was saying, Smart, you've got a movie here I've never seen. And when well, this is a movie that when I say I've never seen it, I get the look, you know, the like I've got 15 heads look, like huh? You've Mm -hmm. never seen that movie, and I guess I need to watch it, but uh, I don't want to ruin it, so uh, the floor is yours,
8: sir. It's hard because it's one of those movies that's very much hyped, and the hype has become so big that it's hard sometimes for the movie itself to actually live up to it. I will say when I first watched it, I hated it because it was a movie where seemingly not not a lot of shit happened, or it just didn't make a lot of sense. Because it was like referred to as one of the best comedies ever, and it's like at the time I was watching it, I was like 15 or 16. I was like, This isn't funny at all. (laughs) But what ended up happening is again, much like Clerks, which I said I didn't like the first time I saw it, I got older, I started drinking. This movie is very much important. If you are a drinker, you're, this is a lot of this becomes very relatable. So the movie in question is The Big Lebowski. You said before you used the term cult classic. This is very much a cult classic. There is a uh, the I a, I don't know where they did it, but for a while, I don't know if they're still doing it because of you know pandemic and all that, but they would do a thing called The Dude Con, and there would be a bunch of people, fans of the movie, that would show up dressed like the main character, and it was this big convention. It was like... Comic-Con, but specifically for this movie. But um, basically, long story short, there's a mix-up. There's a two different guys that are Jeffrey Lebowski. One guy's a millionaire asshole. The other guy is just a dude, you know, as, as he's called, the dude. Just a random-ass guy. So these, these guys who he ended up wronging, ends up, you know, they kidnap the millionaire's wife, but they try to send a message to him, and they end up accidentally mistaking identity. They pee all over the regular guy's rug. And so he's trying to get his rug, comp- you know, he's trying to fix that. He's trying to get the money for a new rug and all this shit. One thing leads to another. Well, anyways, bowling mm. is the big thing in this movie. There's It's a lot of the, a big part of the movie. He's in a bowling league with his friends, uh, Donnie and Walter. Walter, play, played by John Goodman. Walter is basically the crux of this scene. And I picked the scene because I feel like we all have that one thing. Just kind of the pet peeve where it's really not that big of a deal, but just seeing people go against doing things the way we'd want them to do it just drives you nuts. Like just as an example of what it is I'm saying because I'm being kind of vague is like when there's enter and exit doors and especially at like supermarkets, grocery stores, things like that, when people enter through the exit door and exit through the entrance, it just fucking infuriates me to no end and i very much feel like john goodman walter in this scene when things like this happen so here we are because you know that's
0: the butterfly effect
8: right Mm -hmm. well more than anything it's like i'm trying it's usually i'm trying to leave or i'm trying to get in and they're blocking the fucking way they're bottlenecking causing all kinds of fucking just problems it's just annoying Well, you know, uh, like I said, it's a butterfly effect
0: You know, one person walks in the wrong way Someone dies in uh, West India It's just the way it happens
8: Very true, scientifically proven as a matter of fact
0: Absolutely, or uh, I don't know what kind of Scientology proven maybe
8: There you go
0: (laughs) right, let's uh, Let's get this thing rolling here Big Lebowski, here we go I'm
5: slamming
0: it tonight Steve
6: You guys are dead in the water all right! Way to go, Donnie! If you will it, it is no dream. I'm fucking 20 minutes late, man. What the fuck is that? Theodore Herzl. Jeff Daniels, right? State of Israel. If you will it, dude, it is no dream. It. What the yeah.
9: fuck are you talking about, man? The carrier. What's in the fucking carrier? Hmm?
6: Oh, Cynthia's dog. I think it's a Pomeranian. I can't leave him home alone or he eats the furniture. I'm watching it while Cynthia and Marty Ackerman are in to You brought a fucking Pomeranian bowling? That is not you a brought Pomeranian. brought bowling? I didn't run it shoes. I'm not buying it a fucking beer. He's not taking your fucking turn, dude. Man, if
9: my fucking ex-wife asked me to take care of her fucking dog while she and her boyfriend went to Honolulu, I tell her to
6: go fuck herself. Why
9: can't you board it?
6: First of all, dude, you don't have an ex. Secondly, this is a fucking show dog with fucking papers. You can't board it. It gets upset. Its hair falls out. Walter, Fucking dog has fucking papers. (sighs) Over the line!
5: Huh?
6: I'm sorry, Smokey. You were over the line. That's a foul. Bullshit. Market eight, dude. Oh, excuse me. Market zero. Next frame. Bullshit, Walter. Market eight, dude. Smokey, this is not nom. This is bowling. There are rules. Hey,
9: Walter, come on. It's just... Hey, man, it's Smokey, so his toe slipped over a little, you know? It's just a game, man.
6: This is a league game. This determines who enters the next round, Robin. Am I wrong? Yeah, but I wasn't... Am I wrong? Yeah, but I wasn't over. Give me the marker, dude. I'm marking an eight. Smokey, my friend. You're entering a world of pain. Walter, man. You mark that frame an eight, you're entering a world of pain.
0: Fucking Arn Anderson. I'm not... A (laughs) world
6: of pain. Look, dude, I... This is your partner. Because the whole world gone crazy! Am I the only one around here who gives a shit about the rules? Market Zero!
9: They're calling the cops, man. Put the piece away. Market
6: Zero! Walter, put the piece away. Walter? You think I'm fucking around here, Market Zero?
9: Hold.
10: All right, it's fucking zero. You happy, you
6: crazy fuck? Elite game smoke. At
0: least unloaded. Okay. All right uh, uh, look, he unloaded he took the clip out, he took the clip out of the you know, the, the bullet out of the chamber all right, all right all right, pulling the gun was a little much that was a
8: great fucking scene, man. I'm glad I've never seen that but that was awesome, yeah, I really like the movie it's and it's just we've all been there where it's just one thing that's like kind of trivial but just really fucking gets under your skin. And then when you come down off of that high of just being like absolute bloodlust, just fucking intensely pissed off, like I love that little part where he just at the end he just mutters, "It was a league game," where it's just like he realizes how like out of hand things have gotten, but still he, he still feels justified in his opinions. So. Yeah, all right, that
0: made me want to watch that movie. First of all, I lo- I I really like John Goodman. I think he's great in a lot of movies. He did a movie with uh, Denzel Washington. Um. Oh, uh, what's the fucking name of it? Him and Denzel uh, It starts with an F. Fuck. It's not, it's not fuck. It's, it's a one name. It's like forever or all him and Denzel did a movie and it is fucking awesome. And he has some great scenes in it. it. It's another movie about, you know, devils and, uh, fallen, fallen. Thank you. I knew it was an F. Thank you. Thank you very much. I went to watch it once because I knew I had the movie and I went on the hard drive and I saw. I pulled up this movie, Fallen. Something my wife had downloaded and I guess it said replace movie. You know how you get a, you know, repeat name of a file? Mm-hmm. And it was some bullshit four hour fucking mythology movie. Huh. And I'm like, well, fuck that shit. Went and downloaded my movie again. I mean, bought, I mean, got, uh, Found.
8: Well, you can download a movie that you purchased. Of course CAC I did. Drug.
0: Of course I did. Of course I purchased it legally through absolute legal terms and tender.
8: There you go. Uh-huh. Uh James Gandolfini is also in this movie. It's timely because Ooh. the Sopranos movie came out today.
5: Mm-mm.
8: Yes, it
0: did. I'm uh, a little curious to see that. that. Is is that a a, a movie or a Netflix uh Drop. Well, it's
8: a movie. You can watch, You can go to see it in the theaters if you'd like, but it is also on HBO Max if you have that. Okay,
0: I can... Yeah, I, I yeah, I have it.
8: I actually do have HBO Max, but just hearing the director say that he just, like, the idea of people streaming it, like, infuriates him because it's meant to be seen in the theaters. It makes me want to illegally download it just out of spite. Um, does he know some people have, like, better sound systems in theaters
0: nowadays? Like, people... I mean, does he understand televisions are pretty.
8: Well, there's also that you could have mobility issues where you can't get out of the house or, you know, there's also a pandemic happening. So, you know, maybe it's not worth potentially risking your health to go see a movie at this point. Uh, Do what the
0: fuck you want to do. You want to go see it in the theaters? Fine. You want to see it at home? Fine.
8: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Stop telling me what to do. Oh, sorry. I dare not. I'm not, I'm not, i for you <laughs> to get vaccinated or wear a mask or anything of that nature. But I mean, I could understand some people not wanting to take a necessary, un, you know, presumably necessary, unnecessary risk. Um, take three, I guess, on that one. You want to hear, but, you, you want to hear <laughs> funny? Yes, go ahead.
0: I go into the bank today. I haven't been inside the bank in a while. I, I wore a hat today you can Tell I didn't put anything in my hair. It's all crazy. Kind of got the jufer going on here. But I go in today, and it's a bank. I figured you got to wear a mask. So I put on the mask. I got a hat on. They told me to take my hat off. Just my hat.
8: Interesting.
0: Not my mask. My hat. I'm like, um, I have a mask on, but I got to take. Yeah, please remove your hat. Okay. It was all new people. At the bank For some reason This bank just rotates people out I think this is a, like A training bank Or something <laughs> so, so Like
8: kind of the idea Of like a barber college Where they like They're not full on Barbers yet So they like Kind of do your hair For cheap Or for
0: free sometimes We have one of those too Right around the corner actually Or well Down from my from My work But I, I would say This is like bank Like their developmental
8: territory It's like their NXT There you go Okay <laughs> How's that sounds smart. That, that sounds quite good. Hopefully, uh, the, the Rick Steiner son is also working there too.
0: No, uh, we'll see about that. I uh, <laughs> that'd be fucking awesome if he was. <laughs> Please use a calculator. It's all I would say.
8: I mean, somebody actually went in and like kind of fact checked that promo, and apparently he was mathematically correct. Mm. Yeah.
0: Okay. I'd like to get a second opinion.
8: There you go. All right.
0: Trust me, we're going to need a little sense of humor for the next scene coming up here. <laughs> uh, if you've ever seen the movie Sevens, Mark,
8: with... Uh, ah, yes, yes, I have.
0: Kevin Spacey. Another movie with Kevin Spacey That's we've got. The box. Oh, you have just guessed the scene, sir. Ah. I mean, let's face it. It's one of the... Most memorable scenes because it's one of the best scenes in the movie. Um, It's Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, Kevin Spacey. You have those three powerful actors in one scene. I don't know how else to put what those guys are. They are powerful actors. Brad Pitt, whatever you want to say about him, he still has done a ton of movies, and he's good in all of them. He is a good actor. Morgan Freeman, I mean... Let's face it, if if you had a choice of an actor to speak at your funeral, you'd probably want Morgan Freeman. Personally, I would want Bobcat Goldthwait in full character. There you go. <laughs> but I'm weird <laughs>
8: like that. I want to blend these two. I want Bobcat Goldthwait, like dressed up how he was in the 90s, doing a awful Morgan Freeman impression. <laughs> Where just every so often he'll just go, ah! Ah, Breaking your tics and shit Yeah I'm all about this Yeah I'm not going to try to do that
0: Uh, But like I said Kevin Spacey, Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt In one fucking scene And I mean it's hard to say who really steals the scene here I would say Brad Pitt did Because he does end up shooting Kevin Spacey Now Seven is a movie about the seven deadly sins Which Kevin Spacey is We don't find out it's him till later Uh, Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman are detectives Brad Pitt's kind of a rookie detective, but gets involved in this case, and Kevin Spacey is a fucking psycho in this movie, and he plays a great psycho, which may or may not have anything to do with his real life, but he plays a great psycho in this movie. I and again another excellent movie from 1995. I can't even believe it's that that old of a movie, um, but um, I'm gonna go ahead and play the scene. I don't. I can't talk or uh, do it any more justice than the actual scene is. So, I'm hitting play.
4: Put the gun
2: I down. I you with the box? What was in the box?
0: Because I envy your normal life.
4: Put the gun down, baby. It
0: seems that envy is my sin. Oh,
4: what's
10: in the
2: box? Take, give me the what's gun. in the fucking box? Give me the
0: gun. Oh, by the way, his Just wife's on. been kidnapped you by this guy. You're a
2: fucking liar. Shut up. So, guess what what's, what's in the box? He, wa- he wants you to shoot him. No. No! You tell me you tell me that's not true. That's not true.
7: Become vengeance,
2: David. Ah, she's alright, you tell me.
7: Become wrath.
2: Tell me she's alright! She murdered a suspect,
9: David. No!
8: Just throw it all away if you know.
9: No! She begged for her life, Detective. Shut up! She begged for her life. Shut up. And for the life of the baby
4: inside of her.
6: Kill him, he will win.
2: Oh, God! Oh, God! Oh.
0: Anderson uh, I mean I mean Brad Pitt uh does shoot him now again like I was saying his wife was kidnapped by the guy and obviously we find out it was her head in the box but what I love about the scene is you can lit like you can see the like he he'll sit there and he'll cry for a couple seconds then he'll just put his head up he's so angry he goes back to crying he's angry he goes back to crying he's angry and Morgan Freeman's just like give me the gun dude come on David give me the gun and Kevin Spacey is just taunting him because again the seven, I, be- I believe the seventh deadly sin is wrath. Correct? I don't know if you know that or not. Oh, smart's on mute. Oh,
8: I think so. We take a look.
0: All right, I believe that is. And he was making obviously Kevin Spacey was trying to make Brad Pitt his wrath, so that was just, it's just, it, it's a great scene. You can, like, feel the emotions. And when you watch that scene, it's even better. It's, I mean, and, you know, hearing it is one thing, but watching that scene, and that movie is so intense to watch. A lot of the scenes in it are just very, very intense, but just in, just another great movie and another great scene. But, you know, like I said, you got those three Huge, powerful actors all in one scene together, and I mean, like I said, Morgan Freeman, the the the, the, the probably the second best voice, uh, second to only James Earl Jones, by the way,
5: mm-hmm.
0: in my opinion, only in my opinion, maybe, but I mean, just right there, you know, and he's got such a calming voice. I he, he might be able to talk the gun out of a guy's hands for real, <laughs> Morgan Freeman. But not in the movie. It wasn't written that way. Um, but just an just a great movie. Like I said, a very intense movie. And uh, next up is a commercial for uh, The Many Saints of Newark.
8: There you go. So sin number five, is, is wrath is sin number five. Five. You got gluttony, you got lust, greed, uh, sadness, sloth is sixth, vanity, and then pride is eight. Okay.
0: Okay, I thought there were only seven deadly sins.
8: Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, yeah, there's this is extra shit, but... Well, because it's, it's the origin of the currently recognized seven deadly... I, so, I I don't know. This is a Wikipedia article. <laughs> um, this might not necessarily be the most scholarly. The modern kind of... Uh, yeah, so I guess... I, I think it's the origin. I think originally there was eight, and then it became seven for some reason. I don't fucking know.
5: Mm-hmm.
8: You get what you pay for in the research department. I ah, don't worry about it,
0: man. But uh, all right, at least we know the, the wrath <laughs> is five. We, we do know that. I, I I can't remember the movie, but I think he might have skipped over five, and they were like, "Why did he do that?" I don't remember. I I really don't remember. Um, I'm gonna have to go back and check that one out.
8: Uh, <laughs> well, I can give you the list from BibleInfo.com. This is, <laughs> but see again. There, well, no, hold on. Lust number one. Uh-huh. gluttony, number uh-huh. two. Uh-huh three, greed, four, sloth, five, wrath, six, envy, seven, pride. They said eight was pride in the other one. Yeah, but then for some reason they added an extra one for sadness, which I don't understand why that's not minute. one of the so recognized sins. We're yeah. allowed to be sad, I think, unless you're Catholic.
0: Pride is a deadly sin? Huh? Don't we celebrate that? <laughs> Jesus. <Jeez. laughs> So confused. That was pretty
4: well
8: done. I won't lie.
0: I am so confused right now. Hold on, let my brain get a hold of that. Okay, don't de- sit. This is why I'm not religious. Okay, let's just keep going. Um, Smark, you were
8: about to actually real quick a little <laughs> factoid for. Oh no, pull that, me uh, back in this. <laughs> well, no, it, it it's kind of outside of the. There's a video game series, Borderlands. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And in the second game, Borderlands 2, there is a gun... Like, basically, the whole point of the game is, like, there's a story, but basically you just go around and you kill things, and then the enemies drop guns, and you get cooler guns as you go along and the idea is to like amass a collection of really cool guns so you can kill shit better, faster, easier. There you go anyways. So you go throughout the game and there's actually, you know, there's boxes, like cardboard boxes that you like open in the game and they have ammo and shit in there, and grenades and whatnot. Well, one of the guns in the game is called Gwen's Head, and you get it exclusively by opening boxes. So if like you open a box, it just might randomly pop out. Mm. So it's like it's a nice little wink and a nod to that movie. So I figured I would share that. Very nice. I didn't even know that. Now, isn't there a like
0: robot called like Rattle Trap or something in there? Claptrap, yeah, you were, you're you close. Claptrap. I have a poker game mm-hmm. that you play with Claptrap. Uh, Ash, I believe, from Evil Dead. Evil Dead, and another guy from another game. This big, almost Johnny Bravo-looking, badass. Almost, uh, I forget the name of the game.
8: Yeah, his name is Brock, but he was he's from a TV show. He's from uh, uh, Venture Brothers. Yes, that is it. On Adult Swim. It took me a second to get there, but I got there.
0: That is it. You play poker with them and it's a it's a pretty cool game. You play Texas Hold'em or Omaha. And uh it's a pretty cool game. I think I paid 4.99 for it. I downloaded it on the PlayStation. Awesome little game though. If you like poker. And I do. All right. So Smark. Ah, there we go. You got another one more movie here. Yep. And I I, I don't know if you had a uh honorable mention or anything and I, I don't but i I didn't know if you did but uh you do have one more here that you can get to and um i'm trying to think if i ever saw this movie or not i can't remember if i've seen the original or not but See. i don't think i have um <laughs> but go ahead man I, you know your last movie right I do
8: know my last movie. Yeah, um, anyway, so it is October, and I oh. felt like I had to pick at least one horror movie. The problem with horror movies is that the majority <laughs> of the good moments are just people being killed, which is usually you know not great for an audio medium. So I had to kind of dig, dig, dig deep, and uh, find a, a decent horror movie. So the thing is, is like you know back in the day, this is so the movie I decided to pick was Screen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, back in the day We started off, like, things Kind of started off with, like, the Universal Monsters You had fucking Frankenstein, Wolfman, that kind of thing Times went on People, you know, became a little bit more harder to scare A little bit more hardened That kind of stuff wasn't really floating So you started getting the Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers That kind of stuff And then As time goes by, those people go from being these kind of feared figures to being sort of mascots and, you know, there's action figures and collectibles and all that kind of stuff. So again, newer generation, you need something else that's going to scare them. So this is more of... You know, making the making the villain, making the murderer less of you know this monster, this boogeyman, and being more of an actual person. Mm. So the whole movie is based on what this actual person or who this actual person that's going around killing these people are, because it starts off with uh, Drew Barrymore. Mm. She's on the phone. She gets mm. a call from this guy. You know, he's mm. stalking her. She ends up getting killed, which came as a very big surprise because she was a star at the time, and you know people were surprised that you would have this big star and just immediately kill her off. So the whole whole film is based on who was responsible for killing her. And the scene, they're trying to, you know, there's some speculation as to who it is, and that's where we are at this point in the movie. All right. And I see Matthew Lillard's name up there, too. Yep, Matthew Lillard and uh, what's his name? Jamie Kennedy. Who, so it kind of goes yeah. to show you what good writing can do, because ah. I like both of these guys, but neither of these guys are necessarily your uh, typical thespians, as it were.
0: Yeah, I mean Matthew Lillard, known for so many weird. I mean sc- Scooby Doo. He's Shaggy, and most most people. But I mean, he's been back to SLC Punk. He was in the uh, Hackers. He was in the Hackers movie.
8: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny because if you watch it, if you watch the actual scene that I, you can find it on YouTube very easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for those listening at home. But uh, if you can watch the scene, he actually looks kind of like a young Jim Perr in yes. the scene. Which is what makes me laugh, because I was watching it. I was like, fuck, I, you know, I had already picked half to bake. So I was like, man, it kind of looks like young Jim Brewer, like Jim Brewer's son almost.
0: Yeah. I mean, they both look stoned.
8: I, I think he was in the movie. Was he in the movie? Was it him in Shocker? Shocker. Hold on. early 90s. Um, I got his IMDb up.
0: So. I'm actually flipping down it right now. I think that was him in Shocker, or it was...
8: I don't think so. There's
0: another guy that for some reason I mess him up with, and I can't think of that guy's name either, but no, that was not him in Shocker. No, that was an 80s movie. Uh, So there we go. No, not him. But um, there we go. Yeah, Hackers, definitely. that, That was him in Hackers in 1995. God, I love that movie.
8: So I was trying to get to Shocker to see if I could find the person that you're confusing him with, and I typed Shocker IMDB into the IMDB search bar. Oh. I was already on IMDb, and I went to find IMDb on IMDb, which is. I can is...
0: tell you the guy I confuse him with. I can do the same thing, <sighs> my man. Shocker! That was a movie from nineteen. Oh, they, I I can't find it. Shockers, nineteen ninety nine. Daniel Craig. Let me see that one. Shocker, nineteen eighty nine. That's the one.
5: Yeah.
0: let me go back and try that again shocker 1989 ER 1989 okay finally no oh there we go is Michael Murphy the guy I screw him up with all the time for some reason maybe it is not I can't tell why that picture uh, but this—that's another great movie. You want to get some? You want to see a nice little horror movie? That one is it. I like that one. It kind of looks like I'm a little bit. Very nice movie, very nice. I like this movie. I in the movie he just that for some reason they have like the same voice. I think it hmm. is Michael Murphy who I've said no. That's not Michael Murphy. He plays a lieutenant. Mitch is p- blah blah blah. I don't know the guy's name in the movie. Anyway, let's just skip over that and let's get to your clip. You ready? There you go. All right, let's
1: do it. Watch it, jerk!
2: Oh,
4: <laughs> dork! Jesus, this place is packed tonight, man. We had a run in the mass murder section. Coming to my fiesta? Yeah, I'm off early. Curfew, you know.
3: What's that werewolf movie with E.T.'s mom in it?
4: The Howling Horror, straight ahead.
3: Okay, thanks.
4: Oh, now that's in poor taste. What?
1: If you were the only suspect in a senseless bloodbath, would you be standing in the horror section?
4: (laughs) It was just a misunderstanding. He didn't do anything. You're such a little lap dog. He's got killer printed all over his forehead. Okay. Really? Why'd the cops let him go, smart guy? Because obviously
10: they don't watch enough movies. This is standard horror movie stuff. Prom night revisited, man.
4: Yeah? Why would he want to kill his own girlfriend? There's always some stupid bullshit reason to
1: kill your girlfriend. That's the beauty of it all. Simplicity. Besides, if it gets too complicated, you lose your target audience. Well, what's his reason? Maybe Sydney wouldn't have sex with him. <laughs> what?
4: She's saving herself for you? Maybe. Not a billy- <laughs> <laughs> No, I
10: don't at all. No. You
1: know, I think. You know, I think it's her father.
10: <laughs> Why can't they find her pops, man? Because he's probably dead. His body will come popping up in the last reel somewhere. Eyes gouged out, fingers cut off, teeth knocked out. See, the police mm-hmm. are always off track with this shit.
2: <laughs> if they watch prom night, they'd save time. There's a formula to it a very simple formula. Everybody's a suspect.
4: <laughs> telling you, the dad's a red herring. It's Billy.
10: How do we know you're not the killer?
4: Huh? Huh? Hi Billy, maybe your movie freaked mind lost its reality button. You ever think of that? You're absolutely right. I'm the first to admit it. If this were a scary movie, I'd be the prime suspect. That's right.
1: And what would be your motive? It's the millennium. Motives are incidental. Millennium? Hmm. Millennium, I like that. That's good. Millennium.
8: That's Skeeter, oh, Ulrich. Good word. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Are you telling me that's not a killer?
8: Okay. I thought that was Skeeter. That's it. He plays Billy Loomis, which, of course, Loomis being an homage to Halloween. There's a lot of old horror movie references in the movie. <laughs> sort of a 90s thing about it. Where there's just a lot of cynicism and whatnot. And this is basically the movie itself. And the whole series is kind of a love letter to old horror movies. And it's, it's really kind of interesting because I won't spoil it for people who haven't seen it. But. It is interesting because in the scene, the killer, or perhaps killers, do face each other. They are on camera together in the scene. So it's one of those things where you watch, you look back, and you figure out what ended up happening, who the killer was. Mm. And then it adds a little bit of extra levity to the, you know, you kind of have a better, better understanding of it.
0: Yeah. Again, never seen this one either. But uh, first of all, I just want to say they're in a... Uh, a movie rental store. Mm-hmm. Just wanna—I I don't know. I know most of you don't know what that is anymore. But as if you walked in, you—you you would see a box, and you would look behind it to see if there was a case. That case was your ticket to a movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, you would get the movie. You would bring it home. You'd be so excited. You would take it out, and the motherfucker didn't rewind it. Of course God, this is going to take at least 5 minutes. <laughs> and then of course who didn't have the VCR that was fucking already oh my rewind broke. Oh I got to go buy her a rewinder now.
8: Not only that, but just imagine like how shitty it is if you haven't seen the movie before. You're all excited. You turn it on, and it's like right at the end. Mm. So like, if there's a twist or something, it's revealed to you. Now you have to go and like watch the movie Quentin Tarantino style and fucking see the end start from the beginning. Oh,
0: and son of a bitch, if you wouldn't walk up there and there wasn't one case behind one movie, and you started looking, you, you, you still pulled a few up. You were like, there's not like a mini one back there maybe?
8: Well see, there was a, i watched it, it was pretty good. There there was a movie or a documentary on Netflix called The Last Blockbuster, which is exactly what you think it would be about. But um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. everybody talks about their fondness for Blockbuster and for, you know, movie the, not movie theaters, but you know, video stories back in the day. Right. But everybody talked about how fun Blockbuster was. And it was a good movie. It was a well-made documentary and all that, but nobody ever talked about having to fucking try to find the movie you're actually looking for by just like peeling back at any movie but the actual movie itself. Because motherfuckers inevitably always left like, you know, fucking how Stella got her groove back behind Scarface and all this shit. And it's just like, it was a total, any blockbuster that I've ever been to has been a total mess. And you just had to kind of hope that you could find the video somewhere amongst the heap of discarded videos on the floor or just, you know, in different places than they ought to be
0: yeah, but a lot and but a lot of times, if you went up and asked, they might have a copy that just got returned, and they would look through the bin. Remember the bin you would drop it in outside? Mm-hmm. So sometimes you would still get your movie. You just needed to be a little persistent.
8: My mom was a manager for a little while at a along with another guy at a, a video store local to my area in chicago growing up so it was cool because the guy who actually owned the store mm-hmm. was like you know they were friends so it, like he would he would always do stuff for me where you know always was like you know i was a kid at the time so he would like if there was a movie that i wanted to see he would like leave out a copy for me or like, you know, if a new video game came out, I remember I was like one of the first people that got to play like the WCW Thunder video game. Oh, honor that was nice. because he left out a copy for me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it was really cool.
0: That is pretty cool. My friend um, worked at a place called Monster Video okay. when I was in high school. And man, we would just we would rob that place blind. And they had a porn section, too had a couple cheerleader videos.
8: Well, that was the funny part was my mom would say like, she, she always like pretty much got to the point where she had worked there for long enough that she would know exactly who was coming in to look at the rent porn (laughs) just based on like, not only just how, like how they looked, but also everybody did the same exact fucking song and dance routine of like pretending to look at the movies that Mm. are right next to the room and then just like slowly trying to creep into the, like fucking stealthily getting into the room. Mm. This is always, it always made her laugh. That was like her entertainment while she was working there. You go to
0: the, the, you go to the door, you go to the right side, you look at a video, you go to the left side, you look at a video, and you just keep doing that until eventually you just slip in the door. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. That's what you do. I've done it, I've been there. Yep. But yeah, I, I to be honest with you, I still have a couple videos from that place i have
8: i think almost everybody does
0: i do i still have a couple videos from monster video i have a a dice rules video and i believe i have a Kinnison video from mm-hmm. monster video and there's one more i have i can't remember what it is but i know there's three cases out there in that garage from that place <clears throat> i know two of them are those uh, Sam Kinison, leader of the band or Outlaws of Comedy, I think it was called. Uh, and like I said, Dice Rules, but I can't think of the third one. I think it might be I think it might be a Gallagher video. <laughs> there you go. I
8: think oh, it might. That's, I, I, that's how I learned of Gallagher is I rented a couple of his stand-up specials. I'm stuck in the 60s, I think was one of the ones that I rented. Remember that one? I remember but, that one. On that documentary, it was kind of funny because when the blockbuster announced that they were going bankrupt, like they still had the stores open, but you know, they announced that like this date was going to be the last day that they were going to be open. Stores are going to be shutting down after this point. So, on the documentary, Ron Funches says that he went to a blockbuster after hearing this news and just rented a shit ton of movies. So that he could just keep them because they, there were not going to be any late charges. He wasn't gonna have to worry about like Mm-mm. coming back again. So he's just like, I just rented a shitload of games, movies. Nice. So he basically just bought everything at half price, essentially.
0: Very nice. No late fees either.
8: Hmm. Wow.
0: Remember, be kind. Please rewind on the old VHS, but it was tough. And then when DVDs came out, they were still around. You could do DVD or VHS. Pretty cool though. there was actually one little one uh, when I was still living in Florida there was one little one that was around that you could actually rent CDs also.
8: Nice. You could Very rent nice. yeah,
0: you could rent CDs from them. so pretty cool little place. you could uh I mean, if you knew what you were doing, you could record it, which many people did. So. oh yeah my
8: grandpa had one of those where it just you know you make the yeah he did it with his camcorder though or his video camera. Oh. Well, He's like yeah, I don't know how he did it exactly but he would like double all a bunch of videos that they would you know everybody would rent and he would do do it for like wrestling pay-per-views and shit like that so I'd have extra copies. Yeah, my dad would just record porn. I, I one of my uncles friends had a CD burner. But this was like a like this was in the late Late 90s, so this was before CD burners were, like, a thing or a really popular thing, but he had a burner that would allow him to burn video games.
5: Wow. So, like, he had a
8: fuck ton of video games that he would rent for, like, five bucks or whatever, and he would just own after that. And you figure those games are, like, 40, 50, 60 bucks, so he was was doing quite well for himself. That's
0: what I was doing. Mm Mm-hmm. I... Would burn, Back in the PS2 days, I have, like I said, I still have three modded PS2s in my garage. I can't bring myself to throw them away. Right. But I would literally just... Uh, I have two that are chip modded, one that has a swap disc. Okay. So you would literally put the swap disc in, and then it would say, you know, put in burnt game, and you would put the burnt game in, and it would work. Yeah, okay. So you would, uh, instead of having to solder anything, you would just have to take off the top and then put on this one. And uh, it had a little flip top on it. Instead of the ejecting the game, because you know that it resets everything, Right. this put a flip top on the PlayStation, and you would just put the swap disc in, then let that load, put the game in, and it would just load the fuck up. You could download them, you could burn them, you could rent them, you could burn them. Pretty cool shit. I and mean, you still had to do all the you know, you gotta make an ISO image and then you had to burn it. It was still pretty tough to do, but you know, I figured it out, so.
8: Yeah, I mean, after a little while, it takes a little bit of time, but you kind of you figured that shit out. Like, nowadays, though, with that, with the PlayStation 2 specifically, it's gotten to the point where, you know, you they have emulators and shit of that now, emulators yeah. and ROMs, so you just download the ISOs and load them up on your emulator. Oh, I've got JNES mm-hmm. In
0: every Nintendo game that ever was made
8: oh yes of course
0: oh yeah so actually my son found it on this computer you know sometimes come in and catch him playing it. he hooks up my little i have a joystick that he hooks up little game pad and i'll be like dude what are you playing like, joust <laughs> like that's my boy <laughs> i mean sometimes this are the most fun games to play some of them are, man. Some of those games are really cool. I, I, I'll just jump on Donkey Kong. That's my, that's my fucking game. What I need to do is take one of these computers out in the living room, and I mean we've got four computers here. I need to grab one, put it out there, and put JNS on there so I can play it on the TV.
8: There you
0: go. Ah, we'll get that done. All right, but um, I I'd probably need to check out Scream. Looks like something I would like. A little kind of a kind of a spoof of a horror movie
8: yeah i mean it 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 is it's sort of it's very meta there's a lot of fourth wall breaking there are comedic elements but then also there is sort of a straightforward you know you do get to see people get murdered there is a killer there is a you know twist so it is sort of everything that you would want out of a standard horror movie but then you get the homages to older horror movies and different references. And like I said, you know, the fourth wall, some jokes here, some comedy there. Courtney Cox is in it, too. She's a reporter. Of so course. that might help sway you.
0: No, actually, you had me at you, Barrymore. I don't care. I, if she, I don't care if she's in it for five minutes. I, uh, She is. I, Short, thick, and blondes, Mark. I've said this before. <laughs> there, that's That's... that's that's my type. There you go. <laughs> I've I've said it before. You know, I said it about Tony Storm, who's actually engaged to J- Juice Robinson. Congratulations.
8: He... Come a long way from being CJ Parker.
0: Funny you said to come.
8: Uh anyway.
0: <laughs> well, yes, that is also true. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, like I said, we're uh not only doing uh movies. Uh, but we're also doing television. Smart for the next one because this I do have. Put it this way: before I asked you to come on, I already had ten. So I've already got five more lined up for next show. There you go. So we'll do this again. Maybe uh, maybe sometime next month we'll we'll do it again. Yeah. I really like. I, I I think I really I like doing this because we get a bunch of movies talked about. And it just makes it easier. Now, like I said, television shows aren't a problem. I mean, I said scene stealers. I didn't say has to be a movie scene. Words matter, Smark. I understand. Wording matters. That's what they tell us nowadays, right? Oh, very much so. Yes, of course. All right. So I stuck an NYPD Blue one in here. But there's a reason I snuck it in. Number one, NYPD Blue... Um. Obviously, one of my absolute favorite shows. I'll be honest. I started it over one more time before I came in here tonight. I I, I got this clip and I had to do it. So I'm watching it one more time. What the hell? I have a, a uh, NYPD Blue support group on Facebook that I go to. They are my people. They are just like me. They've seen the show multiple, multiple times and still keep watching it. So they're my I people. Just
8: a bunch of people like that look like Dennis Franz. The, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> I can only hope they all look like Sipowitz. Mm-hmm.
0: But in this episode, actually, I'm or in this clip, it's not Sipowitz. I did have a Sipowitz clip to play, but I found a different one that I really wanted to play that I would say a lot of people kind of live their life by. And it's a scene where it's Jimmy Smits, who plays Bobby in NYPD Blue. Um, Yeah, I'm just going to give you a quick little rundown of some of the people you're going to hear. Jimmy Smits, Bobby Simone, uh, you're going to hear him. And you're also going to hear an IAB detective. And let me find his name real quick. Uh, Sergeant Martens, Scott Allen Campbell. I honestly think this is the only show he's ever been in. But he goes from season one all the way to season 12. He's in a lot of these. No, he's actually got 47 credits to his, um, you know, under his belt. So this is not the only thing he's been in. NYPD Blue is the main thing he's known for, of course. But, oh, wow, he's done a lot of stuff before. Even before that, he did a lot of. He was in St. Fucking Elsewhere. So done a lot of stuff before that, but you're going to hear him. Oh, he was in an episode of without a trace. Another great show, which that's one I need to find, but Scott Allen Campbell is his name and you're going to hear him. He's an IAB detective. Now what happened in this scene was Bobby got a tip from a, a friend of his that he knew that was in jail and He was doing that. Let me figure out. uh, That was Jay Acavone. He played Ray DeSalvo in this. Um, And he gave him a tip on something. Well, he got him. And this is where he finds out that the same snitch that he had was also the one that IAB was using. And Martens, again, IAB... But they have a certain relationship. Says something in this scene right here, which not only does, like I said, it it is a very powerful scene and a great little saying to kind of live by. But it comes up again at the end of season four. Which a lot of things in NYPD Blue don't get revisited. You know what I mean? It's one of those shows where it's just kind of like, okay, well, it's a new day, a new time, a new week, a new time. But this statement gets revisited, and I think that's why I'm going to go ahead and play it. It's not a very long one, but here we go. And I just had to set that up because, you know, it's a long show. This is season three, and uh, here we go. Uh, I
1: I'm trying to follow this. By me not giving up that name, that's supposed to make your life easier. You don't have Kowalski's name. Even if you and him went to the academy together, your partner bowls with him, you had pizza once on a retreat, any pals you might be where you'd want to protect them, and you don't get to make that mistake. You're looking out for me. You're keeping me from temptation. Crackwise all you want. You'd have queered that interview with Bick, and you had Kowalski's name, then I got to come looking at you. Yeah. Well, thanks for being in my corner. Look, no one's always a liar and no one's always corrupt. Everything is a situation. You keep people out of situations and you keep them out of trouble.
0: All right. I'm going to stop there and then I'm going to play the rest of it. That's the statement right there. Not everyone's corrupt. Not everyone's a liar. Everything is a situation. You keep people out of situations. You keep people out of trouble. Tell me that's not a fucking great point right there. Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. And like I said, this actually gets brought up when Bobby gets in trouble with IAB again. And he tells Martens, you told me something about a year and a half ago, about 18 months ago, that was definitely my lesson for the day. And, you know, he couldn't tell him what he was doing because the FBI was telling him not to cooperate with IAB. And, uh, he said, you know, everything is a situation. You said that, and that was my lesson for that day. And Martens is like, you know, meaning you can't say? And he goes, yeah. So, and, and that's actually another, speaking of when I said the, the hook, he actually says to uh, Bobby, wow, the hook's not even in your mouth. It's in your belly. So, there you go. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead and play the rest of this scene. It's not much longer, but it uh, gets brought up one more time. Here you go.
1: I just hope that my informant don't lose out on the sentence reduction because you people took over the case. Why is that funny? Who do you think our informant was? Your buddy DeSalvo? He shopped us this package three months ago with all the names. He came to you when he got afraid we weren't moving. He left Kowalski out because he knew you'd have to notify us. Yeah, okay. You might want to know. He shopped you to us, too. Said you reached out to an arresting cop on a coat collar. Got the cop to let him walk. So where am I with that? You're all right. I looked into it. Everything's a situation.
0: Everything is a situation. Not a Jersey Shore situation. Not Mike the situation. But a situation. But again, man, yeah, you just see. Again, I could play. <laughs> I could play so many clips from this show. But again, I chose that one because, in the little, uh, as I said, NYPD Blue Support Group, they that that statement gets posted a lot because it's a very powerful statement. And like I said, man. Not bad words to live your life by.
8: Indeed. Exactly, yes.
0: Not very bad. But uh, you also see in this scene that his snitch, you know, the informant, not only shopped that with all the names. Now, one of the guys involved in, in it was a cop, obviously, which is why IAB was involved. But he found out the guy also said something about him. So... But this Ray DeSalvo guy is doing everything he can to get himself out of prison. He feels he's not there. You know, Bobby did warn him at one point, stay out of the club you're involved in. But this show is just, I mean, obviously I love this show. I'm not going to sit here and try to lie. It, it's an amazing show. I really love this show. I've really got to figure out a way to do a whole podcast on this to be honest with you, but I'll figure that out another time, another day. But again, uh, what do you think of that little scene there? Smart. Just, uh, once again, though, shows, you can't, uh, can't trust anybody when you're a cop, but, uh, go ahead.
8: That's a good point too. Yeah. I mean, well, that's one yeah. of those things. Oh, no, fine. I'm just saying, well,
0: they're detectives. They're not uniformed police officers. I apologize for cutting you off. Please go ahead.
8: I, I was making sure I, had, cause I had muted myself a couple of times. Uh, to- ask my dog if she needed to go outside so Aww. i was trying to make sure that i still had everything going but yeah that's one of those things like something like that is when you're kind of as deep into the woods as you are with that it's it, it, some of it kind of when you don't have proper context it gets lost but i feel like for the most part it's, it's still understandable even if you haven't seen it and you did a pretty good job of setting it up but uh, all in all I, I thought it was a good scene. Yeah, again,
0: it really is. And like I said, that saying there is something that gets brought up a lot in the NYPD group I belong to. And, you know, they all say, it's kind of what a lot of us live our life by. And I'm like, you know, it's kind of a, if you break it down, it's just saying, keep you, your friends, and your family out of trouble.
8: Mm -hmm. I think it's what everybody tries to do, regardless of what it is that you do for a living
0: but the everything is a situation is another good point. Because really everything is.
8: Every problem
0: you have is literally a situation. You just have to work out what to do in that situation. But, man, it's... Uh, like I said, though, it gets brought up again in a, in, a, in a later. And that's just not a very... Like, it, it's just not something that happened in this show. This show just sort of moved on, moved along there were certain people that came back down the line you know as themselves but a lot of people came back in these shows as different characters and especially in this show i mean you had people that were in you know season uh, uh, season 8 that came back in season 9 season 6 that came back in season 10 uh jesus uh one of the uh, the girl and andy ended up marrying was in season five and then came back in season eight Mm -hmm. or uh yeah eight eight so you know came back it came in as someone's wife and came back as a cop and they and they had cops in this show who came back in other matter of fact there's a cop in the first episode the pilot episode who comes back in a later episode as a guy who killed his wife just the way that that show went it was amazing how they did that show I just love that goddamn show and it's not that I got no love for Jimmy Smith's I had no love for Bobby's character Bobby's character in this show was kind of a whiny little bitch that's all I'm saying The best fucking partner for Andy was Danny which was Rick Schroeder yes yes Silver Spoons Rick Schroeder there you go well, they had a great thing going. And there was it was a very intense uh, character, Danny, in, in the show for Rick Schroeder. And in real life, his father had passed away. And he just couldn't deal with the intensity of the storyline. So he abruptly kind of quit the show at the end of season eight. And starting in season nine... We just didn't really see him. But we also had a new boss in S. A. Morales anyway. So it was just kind of a weird little transition they did, but it was uh it was the way it went. Hmm. I, I know I know way too much about this show and I apologize. And I could talk about NYPD blue for probably a good year. I so bet. <laughs> But um yeah, again, I I, I definitely smart want to do this one more time
8: oh shit i know who that is okay so So, when you said jimmy uh smiths i kind of automatically deferred into just like looking on the imdb and seeing if he was in anything i know and he had a rather pivotal role in sons of anarchy so i do in fact know who he is yeah see that's another show i haven't watched That's,
0: that's on my netflix to watch
8: yeah, my wife well, watched it. Spoiler alert: If we ever do, if we do end up doing another show like this next month, that would there will definitely be at least one scene from that show in there. All right, but uh, like I said, I had, pla- I, I
0: wasn't sure because you took a little while to answer me. Uh-
8: <laughs> <laughs> I did. You did, but I did that very much by design because I, I know like, do I have five movies and I had three and I didn't realize how hard two more was going to be. But I got there.
0: You 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 did explain it well, and I actually, when you said I need two more, I actually thought maybe I should tell me you can use TV shows, and I just never thought to.
8: I Would just, have made things so much easier. But yes,
0: well there you go. Next time, use as many TV shows as you want. Matter of fact, maybe we could do TV great scenes.
8: Yeah. I was actually going to send you a message. It's like, Hey, you should do this for TV shows one time. And then that would have been your perfect way of saying, you know, you can, if you want to. And then that would have saved me about two or three hours this afternoon, but it is, (laughs) it is what it is. Well, everything worked out well in the end. mm -hmm. You know that, uh, what do they say? Hindsight
0: is 2020. That's it. Yeah. Well, there you go. So I'm uh, looking around here. I don't, Think we got any more? I mean, like I said, I got five more if you want me to play them. Uh, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We've already done two hours, 20 minutes. Probably time to get on out of here. Let everybody get to their weekend. That's it. I'm ready for the goddamn weekend. I can tell you that right now, man. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that right now. So, you know, we'll go ahead and knock plugs out. I usually do them at the end of the show, I don't know why. Um, but uh, I do. Let me find a song. This show can't go on YouTube anyway because we play these clips. So doesn't matter what song I use. I will just find something. Now nah, let's not play Hulk Hogan. Um, let's not play a wrestling song at all. Hey, not a good one. Let's just fucking play Blues Travelers and get the hell out of here. Uh, <laughs> all That's right. Good. Once again. Want you guys checking out the high marks. That's right. It's G's Man. It's Mojo. It's G Wiz. It is a great time. It is on the mixter.com slash Metal Mitt Network. That's right. Two T's and Mitt. Don't forget to add it. And they are Sunday, 8 30 p.m. Eastern time. So check them out. You're home anyway. It's Sunday. It's 8 30. You're probably just eight. You're feeling fat. You pissed off. You gotta go to work tomorrow. Listen to the high marks. To make you feel better. There you go. And of course Bobby Anthem. Bobby Blades. They are the Inhumans. Check them out on the Inhuman Experience. They are on all the usual podcast platforms. Subscribe. And once again. That might make you feel better too. And of course everything. Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. It's Eric. Who's been joining us on Wednesdays. It's Doug. It's Daniel. It's Kleneth. It is a cast of characters. And a great time. And a great show to listen to. Check them out on all the usual podcast platforms and Blog Talk Radio. And Steve Milan, he's out there. He's sharing the show, and it's appreciated. Go check him out. He's reviewing films over on Letterboxd, Com slash Stephen Milan. Make sure you put two L's in Milan. And don't forget, check out Me and Smart over there on the old Dirt Sheet Dudes right here, mixture.com, slash Dirt Sheet Dudes. Um, real quick, smart, before you go, I am going to cut down the Dirty Dudes Mixler and make a new Hollywood Hangout Mixler so they're not... You don't have to listen to the Dirty Dudes or the Hollywood... You can listen to one or the other. You don't have to come to the same Mixler. I'd like to split them. So that will be happening in the next couple of
8: weeks here. Smart. Roll on, sir. It's an interesting... You had me on the edge of my seat there because I thought you were going to say, "Well, we're going to have to cut down this show." So uh, no. you're
2: kidding, But No,
8: no, no. no. <laughs> it's all good. Anyways, Mondays eight thirty p.m. on the Metal Med Podcast Network. It is Cheese on Sports with Cheese Man, Luke Burge, G Wiz, and myself. And ten thirty a.m. every Sunday on the Metal Med Podcast Network on the Mixland Machine. You want to listen to the Mo Dirk City Machine Guns with Mojo and with Dirt and last, never ever at least. You want to check out our friends at Planet uh, Rack on Tour. It's the Planet Rack on Tour podcast. Bobby Anthem, who joined us a bit earlier, was listening. Shout out to him. Papa Dave Sincere and yug Nasty. All episodes of season one, all 16, are available for you, as well as the new episodes for season two, ever ongoing. So be sure to subscribe.
0: Oh, yeah, there you go. And by the way, Bobby, whether he's in the chat room or not, is always. Listening, I promise you that. Uh, at least that's what he tells me. So anyway, definitely, definitely. He wanna...
8: had Luke tell me that he wished me a happy birthday. That's how powerful he is. He just gets other people to wish me happy birthday on his behalf. He's a yeah. powerful man. He's like a fucking godfather. Mm-hmm. Like he used Luke like a carrier pigeon. <laughs> Fuck it
0: scared him into it.
8: You will tell him that I wish him a happy birthday.
0: And I mean a very fucking happy birthday.
8: If he didn't have a happy birthday, then he better fucking have one. God
0: damn right. Have a happy birthday, man. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm going to break in a Wolfman Jack in a minute here. All Mm -hmm. right, folks. Thank you so much for listening to Hollywood Hangouts. Mark, I appreciate you joining me. And once again, now, Mark, I don't know if you know this, but I'm trying to break away from the box man names well I am David Richardson and I will see you next week everybody see you yes.